The Horrible Gamers podcast may contain content not suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Horrible Gamers podcast, show number 435, being recorded on September 18, 2023. I'm going to host Jesus Gonzalez, and she's walks out today. I'm joined by my friend from Little Big Ohio, the Mayo is back. Welcome back, Steve Willer. Welcome back. What's up? How's it going? It's going, Mayo. It's going. How you it's been, going. dude? Good. Busy, but good. Nice. Welcome back to the show, people. And Gunny Chief cannot be here this week. He is actually out around the world from us. He is all the way out in Fiji, I believe, visiting family or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, he's out there in like some islands right did he send us like a photo of an island he's on a beach on a really nice yeah looking beach. yeah it, looked, it looks pretty rough i i mean i don't know how yeah. he's doing it out there i mean it looked yeah looked really water, rough that man water, water was really blue and bright and yeah looks really sunny over there i don't know how he's doing all that but uh no actually uh yeah he's over there enjoying his vacation he almost didn't make it through tsa stopped him customs stopped him and he almost didn't make it through, guys. But his that wife was a fun made... conversation. We were like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, his passport was about to expire in six months, so they wouldn't let him go through. And then his wife made some phone calls. I guess she knows some people. Okay? She knows people, Mayo. Okay? Yeah. So she got him through. And uh, I would think if you had the six months he... until it expired, you'd be good, but evidently not. I'm assuming they might think like you're trying to go there and stay there like illegally or something. You know what I right. mean? Like <laughs> you're gonna stay there for six months, not come yeah. back. Yeah, you're gonna stay there and not come back. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, shout out to Gunny out in Fiji, and uh, yeah, welcome to the show, people. We weren't here last week due to scheduling conflicts and whatnot. We couldn't get together to record. But in the last two weeks, may I tell you this? I played a lot of games. Well, actually, a lot of one game. But mm. before we get into all that, you can follow us on the X at underscore horrible gamers. You can leave us a review on your Apple podcast player or Spotify. You can actually rate us, I believe, on there. And share us with your friends. That is the best way to get the show out there to people. Just share us with your friends and family or whatever. If they're gamers, let them know about us. Join our Facebook group, Horrible Gamers Podcast Community. It is a close group on Facebook. Anything you post in there stays in there. And you can also join the Discord. Make sure you do that. Head on over to Discord and join our Discord with the, the link in our show notes. Or you could just ask us for the link and we will get it out to you, whether you ask us on Xbox, PlayStation, or PC, Steam, or Epic. We will try to get back to you as soon as we see the message with the invite link to the Discord channel and server so we can get you in here with us. And... uh Big shout out to the Patreon machines over at patreon.com that support the show with the monies that keep this show ad free and going like our friends, Leahy, Jason Sams, Robert Noble, Sean Patrick, Chad, Henley, Porkchop Poo, Nipron, the best HP host ever, Mayo, <laughs> Evan, Raw Dog, Bark Bark, Tanaka, and Bill Gardner, the second of his name, renowned first ever HTP Patreon, father of dragons, Elden Lord, and resident of Sanctuary, Bill Gardner. <laughs> thank you to all of you guys for being Patreon machines. We love y'all. I thank y'all. 
And um, yeah, let's get to talking about video games, Mayo. That's what we're here to talk about. Games and more games and more games and more stuff and more games. So in the last few days, I haven't really played much. But in the weeks before that, so since the last show came out, uh, by then we had Cyberpunk already out. I mean, I was playing it in early access, right? Not early access, but like I got the the premium edition or whatever. So I was able to play a few days early. By then I had played a couple said, days. Hey, Jesus, you said Cyberpunk. I'm just going to throw that in there really quick. Oh, Starfield. Sorry, Starfield. Yes, you have Cyberpunk on the mind over there. Uh, I do have Cyberpunk in my mind. If Cyberpunk comes out next week. I'll be there next week. But with Starfield, I've been playing that uh, for a while now. And whew, whew, it's a lot of Starfield, man. But real quick, just to touch on other games, I played a little bit of Battlefield this week. Uh, the there's like I don't know the the new season is not out yet. Apparently, the new season doesn't come out till next month, and I don't know if they're trying to time it to launch it with the new Call of Duty to like try to get players to play Battlefield instead of Call of Duty, you know, or what they're trying to do here. I don't know if Call of Duty's last season comes out next month before the new Modern Warfare. I don't even know what they're trying to do. Uh, but the new season is not out yet, so right now they're doing like events. Uh, the last event was actually real fun, man. It was a, uh, it was called the Redux event, and uh, this event was actually a 128 player rush mode on all the maps, and that even included maps that were part of the uh, that were part of the uh, the portal mode. So it has like the old maps, like Caspian Border, uh, those maps. You know what I mean, like the Battlefield Four maps and whatnot, Battlefield Three maps. It had those maps in it, so it was actually a really fun mode, especially Rush, you know, where it's objective-focused. You have to blow up the two objectives or defend them, and then you push back the enemy till you get all the way to the end of the map or whatever. And holy shit, dude, playing with 128 players on that mode with tanks and jets and helicopters. and Probably a lot every, going on. Everyone just trying to get to the same little, like, area to fight for those objectives. It gets pretty nuts, dude, you know, because you'll have your snipers in the back, the people that are just sniping, then you'll have your the teams that are rushing in, you'll have the tanks coming in, the jeeps, and uh, it, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty hectic, and what I love about that mode is that in the old maps, for some reason, I don't know why, but in the new maps, right, there's not a lot of destruction in terms of the buildings, but on the old maps... They seem to have kept all the physics from the old games. So, like, in those maps, you can blow up the buildings, and the buildings would pretty much, like, completely be destroyed by the time the match is over. Like, trees will fall down in the forest, uh, building the walls. You can blow up walls with C4 and, like, drive a tank through the building, and it'll it'll collapse all the walls in the building because you drove the tank through it or whatever. It's kind of kind of crazy to me how like all that destruction is there in the old maps but the new maps in battlefield 2042 don't have a lot of that destructibility to them but in the old maps it's all there still so i know they can do it they just maybe didn't go for that style with the new game and uh it was a lot of fun playing that mode in uh in battlefield 2042 that rush it's called rush rush excel and what was cool about it that it was a featured mode. So it was like a lot of players were playing it because it was like on the main screen. You didn't have to go search for it. Um, now that mode is gone. So I went back to playing a little bit of Breakthrough the other day, which was fun. But uh, I kind of wish they kind of made that mode permanent in Battlefield. That 128 player rush mode would be freaking awesome to have all the time. Um, you think besides that's that, to get the player base back somewhat, do you think? I you think, think it could. Would? 
I think it would actually. Or they have to fill it with bots, you know. Like, I wonder if they have enough people all the time. But I mean, that's crossplay, right? Yeah, it's crossplay. Yeah, so like they should be able to find 128 matchmaking. You know, I know it's kind of down this year, but you know that's not too bad. You should be able to find that many people. Yeah, so I I'm hoping they bring it back eventually, but who knows? I think at this point, Battlefield 2042 is just riding out the wave till the next Battlefield comes out, which I hope is next year. Um, I'm either hoping a new Titanfall or a new Battlefield comes out next year. Which rumor has it that they are working on both at the moment. So they are working on the next Battlefield game. And they are working on the next Titanfall, apparently. Uh, but release dates, nobody knows, really. I'm hoping they don't do the same mistake they made last time with Titanfall, where they released it right next to a Battlefield. Thinking that, oh, like, right. the, They thought the player base was very different, and they kind of just... Build Titanfall because of that. Yeah, didn't that, I mean, didn't that come out like the worst time? Wasn't it like Call of Duty about the same time as well? Yeah, it was it Call was of like Duty. Right, okay, was... like literally, Call of Duty came out. Then the next week, Titanfall came out, and then the next week, Battlefield came out. So it's like you you literally released, wedged themselves right in there. Yeah, you put him in between like two of the biggest games of the year. Like, why would you do that? You know, I think it was Battlefield came out, then Titanfall, and then Call of Duty. Like, it was literally, then, like, in the middle, man. So it was, like, shooters to boot, you know? Like, yeah. If, if it was something different, like, it was a big game, it would still be rough. You know, you see these game yeah. releases now dodging big releases already. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it, it would have been, like, a, put it right like an art. If it would have been like an RPG they released in between the two, like I get that, right? Because, I mean, maybe the player base is a little bit different. You get right. a lot of the other players to come out. But, like... Three shooters, and two of them were published by the same company. It was kind of weird, you know, both of them being published by EA at the time. It was kind of weird that they decided to do that, like, right back-to-back weeks. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I'm, I'm assuming they were thinking, like, oh, these players are different. Like, the guys that want to play Titanfall or, or the Call of Duty guys or whatever. And then we have the Battlefield people. And it's like, no, I think a lot of Battlefield players play Call of Duty. A lot of A lot of Battlefield players also play Titanfall, but... I think you guys don't understand how the shooter genre is kind of like those players kind of play all of those games, you know, really in reality. Yeah. And then almost three is too many, you know, like if you're battling yeah. through the battle pass on Call of Duty and you're doing some kind of battle pass on Battlefield, yeah. you're not going to really jump into Titanfall, you know what I mean? So they kind of, that's what happened with the last Titanfall. And then sure enough, like three weeks after Titanfall came out, they were talking about how, how the sales were disappointing. Well, no shit, dude. Like, you kind of barely promoted the game, and then on top of that, you release it in between the other two games, and then you're complaining about it not being that great in sales. Like, what the hell did you expect from it? You know, like <laughs> so. Uh, it's like they didn't well, put any effort in it. You know, it's just kind of like yeah, it's kind of sad because it's, it's a it's really good game. It's a right. really good game. It, it only it honestly is a little bit better than Call of Duty and a lot funner than Battlefield sometimes. Like, it really is a good fucking game. Like, Titanfall 2 is actually a solid shooter, and it still is fun to this day. So I have no idea why they would do that. But moving on, I played a little bit of that, and I also played a little bit of uh, Six Days in Fallujah. Uh, so that game recently had another patch. Uh, the last patch that just came out, I don't know what it did. I think it was like a... Oh, yeah, I know what it did. So the new patch that just came out, it... Uh, it added like custom modes, like custom matchmaking, to where you can get in there and create a match, like a private match, and you can select the parameters where you want in the match. So you can select how aggressive the AI is. Uh, you can select kind of what time of day it is. Uh, different stuff like that, right? Um, 
there, so there's that. You can do that if you're interested in that. But that game also had another patch before that that kind of added a nighttime mode to the game. So, like, yeah, there's still daytime missions, of course, but, like, sometimes it'll be a nighttime mission, Mayo. And and instead of, like, you, you know, I know you're thinking nighttime, there's probably night vision goggles and shit, but no, there is no night vision goggles. Uh, they said that they will add those to the game later on, but at the moment, there is no night vision goggles, so you have to rely really on uh, every so often that, like, the vehicle that you spawn in, like, the big, like, armored rock thing or whatever, it's like a big personnel carrier, that thing will shoot out flares over the battlefield area, like, over the map, kind of, like a big white flare or a red flare or whatever, and it will shoot these flares across the sky. And you gotta kind of you gotta kind of rely on these flares to uh, be able to spot the enemies as they're moving around and try to engage them that way. Um, and on top of that, you also have a flashlight on your gun that you can turn on. But the flashlight also the AI is programmed to like notice the flashlight and run towards it or whatever you know and, and try to flank it and attack it. So there's that. So like the missions get significantly harder when you're playing now because. If you get a nighttime mission, you got to be really coordinated with your team to, like, move through houses, move through buildings, because everything's really dark, and the enemies are kind of smart in this game. They're kind of, like, ready or not enemies. They're kind of, like, they will flank you. They will try to outsmart you. They will try to, like, booby trap you, kind of, like, almost, like, set up a trap, you know? Like, they're going to know you're going to come down this alleyway, so they'll set up a trap or they'll ambush you in that alley, and um, you got to be prepared for that type of shit. So that game was actually a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to the development of that game. Uh, they got a roadmap on what they're going to be doing. And uh, I look forward to seeing how that game shapes up in the future, you know, um, because it's a very cool shooter. Um, it's a lot like Ready or Not. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it keeps up with the development and they, they keep working on it. They, they should. They got the money, I think. So we'll see what happens there. Um but, of course, the biggest game that I played this last two weeks was Starfield. And uh, I played I played a lot of Starfield, <laughs> man. Like, I, I, you need to sell me on some Starfield over here, Jesus. Okay, because I have played this as well. But I'm just kind of, eh. So. Uh, no, dude, I, I've played so much, so much Starfield. Like, I've done... So I hear... I hear all, all these stories and people are like, oh, I went on this mission, I went on this quest, this side request. And that all sounds really intriguing and cool. But then when I was in the game, I was just kind of like, all right, let me skip all this dialogue and get to the action part of it. Like, I'm just trying to, like, trying to get through it. And I know that's typical Bethesda stuff, but like yeah. for some reason, like I was just like wanting to get through the, the whole talking part, you know, like they would say something and then you get to three choices. You know, you make a choice, they would say something, you make your choice. And I'm like, just, just, just let me go on the mission. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was impatient. I wanted to get into some shooting and get some action going, but I've, um, so the way I've been playing the game, I started off the game, you know, of course, you start off with the main mission or whatever, that first mission where you get the ship and you go and you meet the Constellation people. And I just I said, you know what? I did like the first, I want to say the first two or three Constellation missions where you go find the artifacts. And I met Andreja. Yeah, that's, that's what I had done. I think I put maybe like five hours in. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the first mistakes I made, Jesus, was... I wanted to try this out, and at the time, my son was here on the PC, so I didn't really have access to my PC. So I went ahead and fired it up on my Samsung TV and streamed it without an Xbox at all, just right to the Samsung app. You know, I Bluetoothed my controller up to it, 
and I had a, have a pretty good connection and, and it, it streamed pretty well. And then I played the game with a controller and I was sucking at the combat. I was horrible, you know, having a hard time. I died a couple of times, even, and I was just like, man, I cannot aim. I'm not quick with, you know, a controller and a name and stuff like that. And then so, uh, Maybe it had a little bit of lag in there because I was streaming, you know, from, straight from the cloud, you know, and I wasn't like on a landline or nothing like that with my TV. Um, it was like a 5G, you know, connection, but it was it was streaming good. I didn't really notice a ton of lag, but but it was it was going pretty good. But maybe it had a little bit in it. But I was either way, I was just bad in the combat. Well, then I got to a point where I felt like I stop like stopping. It was kind of late. So then the next day, I jumped up and I fired it up on the PC. And I got that whole, I don't know if you've seen this or not, Jesus, where it's like the PC version is like, hey, you you may be missing some uh, DLC or important files on the PC version. Do you want to continue anyways? And I guess that's like a common thing I heard him talking about. Uh, Have you experienced that at all or or know of it? I haven't at all. No, I actually switched from the the Xbox version to the Steam one and I didn't have any issues. Yeah, so when I played the Xbox version to to the stream, and then when I installed the Game Pass version on my PC, when it went to Cloud Sync, it told me I was missing content on the PC version. And then, and I guess I heard it through. I think on VGO where John was talking about it. I guess it's put it in a different folder, and it, you know they don't know where it doesn't know where to look for that content at, and you have to move it, manually move it so it knows where to look for it. Which you think that's something Microsoft would figure out in their Game Pass store when would prioritize? This is their biggest game, you know. And the fact that it has cross cross uh, cross save going on and everything, like people are going to switch back and forth. That's going to throw them off. And you know, then you have to do some research on the PC side of things about where that file is at and getting it over there. Because I don't know what happens if you just hit OK to continue without it. You know, like what that would do to your Xbox version if you start bouncing back and forth. But but then I got on the PC version, and I, I tell you, I was lost when it came to controls at that point because I did the tutorial with the controller. So then I'm like trying to figure some things out on mouse and keyboard. And I remember you saying uh, the la- on the last show that you didn't really like the mouse and keyboard controls and some of it was kind of weird. And I did have a little bit of a time like, trying to figure some stuff out. The shooting felt really good, but then the, the controlling of the ship, just like in Battlefield, you know, like the controlling of the ship was just horrible, you know, trying to figure out how to get through that. and Yeah. And and just different things. And a couple things in combat, like somehow I, I had like... Uh, it defaulted my my run to like toggle, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was like every time I would try to run, one time it would just keep me running, and I would like have to actually come to a stop and then you know get myself to actually stop and then go again. I kept running out of breath. I, I'd be tired. Everything was like a quick sprint to what yeah. I was going to do instead of trying to do a walk. So then I I kind of had to tinker with it a little bit. Mm. No, yeah, I mean I I've been playing a lot of the on the PC with the controller. I don't use the mouse and keyboard. I just didn't like it from the get-go. I told myself, if this was made for an Xbox, it should be optimized for the controller pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it was. And I feel like some people may not like the controller for certain reasons. Like, the shooting probably is not as good. Yeah, like, for me, but it's I've, definitely... I am bad with the shooting. Like, my I've aim gotten the used to it. is bad. I've gotten used to the shooting. I've gotten used to the combat on the controller again. So I've been using that a lot. And uh, I'm loving the game, too. There's... I'm really thinking, not a lot of bad things I could say about the game. I'm thinking about re like starting over and playing okay. with the controller on my PC. 
and going through just, it. A just better. try it, or maybe just switch the controller to the PC. Like switch to a controller, mm-hmm. maybe you'll get used to it. Um, there, there's a couple things. Like I ran into a couple issues, and I think like I told you in text at one time I ran into, and I was like, I there has to be shortcuts, and I didn't dive into it long enough to see it. So the first thing I noticed, like I found myself when I wanted to switch guns, I was like. Is there a shortcut for that? Because I was... Yes, there's a big shortcut for that. On the D-pad, you can set up to 10, 20 guns on your D-pad. Okay, yes. Or 20, yeah, 20 items. That. You can set up 20 items that you could just switch to by using the D-pad. So you just press left, up, or right, or down, or whatever. And then uh, you press the D-pad, it'll pull up that little cross screen. And then it'll have five items to the top, five to the right, five to the yeah, left. Yeah, I remember, the I remember they had... That's where and the that heel thing, was at, and I remember and, them showing you, me that. Well, you could have the heel on. You could have whatever you want on there. You don't right, have to have more the options. heel on there. Gotcha. I have the heel packs on there, but I also have trauma packs on there, and I have like 17 guns. I have like a lot of guns. All my guns are on yeah, there. Yeah, I kept from, picking up guns. Snipers. Like, Some I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even realize it was a gun. It would have like a name on there, and I just grab it thinking it was an item. And I'm like, the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I have a gun. You know, I think, no, that, I think early on it was like, was it like, uh, grenadier or something like that, or it said something like that, it was like as an item they're hauling, and it was like some kind of gun. And I'm You're like, oh. at the Grendel, yeah, the Grendel, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm like, but, what's uh, a Grendel, <laughs> you know? And then it's like a submachine gun type thing, but yeah, I, I, that's what I have. I have all my guns equipped to that, so that would be a lot better. It... So I, found, I found myself like pausing the game, and you know, you go to the first menu where it shows your character, then you have to go to your inventory and then go to your gun yeah. and then switch gun. I'm like. That's what I was doing, and I'm like, I know there's a better way of doing no, this, and I didn't. No, yeah, I, I was just in my mind for some reason. Like, I was tired when I first started playing that first tutorial part, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I just didn't think about it or what about assigning a weapon to it. I was thinking it was more like a, like a no. When, whenever you whenever you look at your inventory, you look at any item you can favorite that item. Whether you could be you could put anything on that D pad or whatever, like that. Yeah, costume. that's that's what I definitely need to do because uh, you need to get in there and. And just uh, favorite the items that you want to quick access to, and then just get in there and do that. And that's the way I have it set up. I have it to where all my weapons are quick access. So I kind of know my shotguns are to the left, my rifles are to the right, or my shotguns are to the right, my, my rifles to the left. It's just my one pistol, quick my press. pistols, basically. Yeah, my pi- like when it's when you press it, it stops the screen kind of like it kind of pauses the game. So you can select which one you want, and then you just click it, and it just keeps going. Like, the game will just continue when you click it, and then it just goes, you know, you just switch over to it. So it's kind of like a very helpful tool. Uh, so if you run out of ammo on a certain gun, you can just switch over to another gun and have it. Uh, yeah, because that's what I was running into, too, in the first couple of missions shooting. I'd run out of ammo with the gun I had. So I'm like, okay, I have to switch. Well, I'll just pause in the game, go into the nah, second menu. You're you know? doing it way wrong. Yeah, man. yeah. And so way I was like, wrong. "This is annoying." I know there's got to be a better way. Yeah, yeah that's but, not that's not right at all. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing the wrong mail. That's your fault. That's that's user yeah. error mail. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I was tired of the tutorial part in the beginning. Don't, anyways, I was don't late blame the game mail. It. Don't blame the game no, for that. That's mail's fault. It was. It was. I, I said I'm not saying anything bad about this game. Like I said, I think it's going to be. Yeah. A good game, and I'm not a huge um, Bethesda type fan, but I feel like I could get into it. I'm not a huge fan. Grab me, grab uh, me yet. I'm not a huge fan of Fallout. I didn't like the last few Fallouts. Even Fallout Four wasn't a thing that I played for long. Um, even Fallout Three, I played it. I've played that game probably five times now. 
and I've never beat it. So I get to a certain point where I just kind of get bored with it. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the VAT system. I know people love that system that target like a certain limb, slow down time or pause time and target the limbs and then shoot at the limbs. And then you have a percentage to like how much percentage it will like do damage to this limb. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. What I do like is the shooting in this game feels pretty okay. I mean, it's not the best shooting, of course. Like, it's not Battlefield or Call of Duty or anything like that. It's it's decent. I, I would compare it to almost Cyberpunk. Where yeah, that's what I, that was my the shooting. The like shooting. The shooting is not the greatest, but it's serviceable. Like you can, if you, if you play the game long enough, your body, your mind, and like you, you will just adjust to it almost. Um, so that's kind of what this is, but what I, what I went into it doing was, uh, I started the main campaign missions. I found Andresia, which is a, like this chick from Constellation, one of the, one of the main story missions where they tell you to go, fo- go look for her because she's looking for an artifact. You go find her and I met her and I did that quest. We found the artifact and then I kind of just, I just said, you know what? This chick seems kind of cool. I'm just going to have her as my companion from now on. And that's what I did. I just kind of told her, hey, you want to come along with me on my missions? And she's like, yeah, cool. I'll join you. And so, so since then, she's been my main companion, dude, right? So every mission that I've done, she's my companion. And she's kind of like, I don't know if it's because I've been playing a lot of missions with her. She's kind of like seemed to have grown on me almost. And she seems to like trust me more now than like the other people in Constellation or whatever. And I don't know, I don't know, like, if that's part of, like, some of the romance options, because I know that's available in this game, like, the whole romancing thing or whatever that Bethesda does. And I know that's how it works, where, like, you have to talk to the characters enough and play enough missions with them, and then you can start romancing them. But even, like, with some of the other characters, like, uh, I've had Barrett, a black dude, he's been on my ship. I've had uh, Sam, the dude with the daughter, the cowboy guy. I've had him on my ship. And uh, there's been moments where, like, they're like, hey, I need to talk to you, like, where I'm just walking by them. And they're like, hey, if you got a moment, can you talk? And I'm like, okay. And most of the time this happens, this dialogue is there because you've done missions with them or around them that they kind of want to talk to you kind of about the mission or the decisions you made. So you have to, you don't have to. It's kind of optional. You can just stop and talk to them or you don't have to at all. Uh, but, like, for example, the other day I kind of stopped started talking to Barrett about the missions that we've been doing. And he's like, oh man, like, so what do you think so far about the artifacts we found and what you've experienced? And I told him like, oh, I don't know. You know, like we don't know what's going on. We should continue exploring and find out what the hell this means. And then like one of the dialogue options was like, he told me something like, oh, it's pretty amazing how like, how, what these artifacts are doing. Right. And one of my dialogue options was like, not as amazing as your smile or something like that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, so it's like this guy, like I can flirt with him right now. Like what the hell's going on? You know, like, like I was like, what the fuck? Like, I guess that's like a romance thing. Like you can just like flirt with them and see what happens. Um, I didn't take, I didn't take Barrett to be a, a bisexual man or, or a gay man at all. I don't know. Like, if, you know, if you just hit on him enough, maybe he'll turn gay. I don't know what the hell happens there. But, uh, yeah, so I've been chilling with Andresia. We've been doing missions. I've done a lot of missions. So I completed this the uh, I completed a few of the side quest faction missions. So the ones that I completed are uh I did the Ryujin Industries one, which is that that's a corporation in uh, Neon. And uh, I did I did that mission randomly because I went up to a kiosk in New Atlantis. There was like a little like it was like a kiosk and I just walked up to it and it said it said interact and I, and I pressed 
A or whatever or X to interact. And it said, like, apply for a job. And I did. I just hit the button and it filled it out. And it was like, okay, show up for your interview at Neon City at Ryujin Industries. And it just popped up as a side quest. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, let's go to Neon. So I flew over to Neon. I landed. I went to my interview. And they hired me. And I was doing, like, corporate espionage shit where, like, they were having me, like, go into places and, like, hack their computers or, like, plant files or still, like, or, like, switch out, like, the lady's presentation with my presentation, you know? Like, like all right, we need you to plant this thing as the presentation and take the real presentation away because this presentation has, like, mixed up numbers that we put in there. So when they do the presentation to the board or whatever, they're going to fuck up and they're going to fuck up the whole, like, merger that they're trying to complete or whatever. So you do all this corporate, like, espionage-type shit. And uh, you also do some assassinations and, like, murder missions and shit. Uh, so I did that for them, and I completed that quest line. And that one kind of ended to where, like, they're like, oh, okay, now you have your own office. And now, now if you want to continue doing missions for the Ryujin Industries, you just go to your office and go to the kiosk and then select the mission, and it'll tell you, like, what you need to do. Like, whether it's, like, go plant this here or go kill this guy, and they'll pay you, like, so much credits. And the missions, they don't seem like to be like very like when I went to them after I was done with the quest, they seem kind of lame. It was like, oh, go steal this tech from this building in this market in this town. And it was like the credit payout was like, oh, we'll give you 3,500 credits if you complete the mission successfully. And I was like, I'm not doing this shit for 3,500 credits, dude. Like, I could make 20,000 credits doing some other mission. Why the hell would I do this for 3,000, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of really haven't messed with those once I completed the main quest. I also did the Freestar Ranger missions, which is like the, they're the guys from Aquila City, and they're the Freestar Collective. And these are like the space cops of that area. And uh, Aquila City is like that, almost like a Western-looking town. It reminds me a lot of Star. Are these kind of marked, like these little side missions, are they marked in a way? Or how, how do you know they're... You just run into them. Like, you, just, you just, just run, run into them, and they, they just has a name on there on your mission list then? Yeah, it's just, it just shows up on you your list. Yeah, so it just shows up on your list. Like a, the one for the Freestar Rangers, the way that occurred was when I first landed in Aquila City, there's like a bank robbery going on as you walk into the town. And you'll probably experience this too if you get there the first time. There's like a bank robbery going on, and the sheriff of the town kind of tells you like, oh, we don't know what to do. We're going to go kill these guys, but they have hostages, and we don't want to kill the hostages. And it's like, how about we send you in to negotiate and then you go up to the little thing and you can negotiate with the people inside and you can say, Hey guys, look, just surrender. The building's surrounded. You guys are fucked. Even if you have hostages, do you think killing them is going to save your life? You're going to get killed anyways. So just give up and whatever. And I ended up being able to persuade them to give up. They just said, okay, we'll release the hostages and just give give us free passage outside the city. And I was able to negotiate like, okay, we'll get you, free passage to leave the city but later on we went and chased them down and killed them but when i did that it, it like the de- the sheriff or whatever he was like oh thank you for uh doing this or whatever like if you ever want to become a ranger come talk to me in my office or whatever or go go talk to this deputy and she'll get you signed up and we'll give you a recruit mission or whatever so i did end up going to talk to this lady and she was like okay you're going to become a recruit deputy or whatever and uh, 
we're going to give you a recruit mission to go do. And then you end up doing these missions where, like, you investigate shit going on on a farm. You investigate shit going on in different places. And the where the rangers kind of, like, their jurisdiction kind of in space or whatever, you end up going to, like, the different planets and, like, doing these little missions for them or whatever. And then after a while, you do so many of those, you get towards the end of the request line, and you have to take out, like, this big gang or whatever. It's like a big gang of, like, uh, spacers. That's what they're called. So spacers are, like, people that are, like, in they're in space, and they're, like, scavengers, but they're not allied to a faction. So they're not allied with, like, the Crimson Fleet or the UC Navy or like they're not they're not allied with the Freestar Collective. They're kind of just their own thing, right? They're kind of like spacers kind of just do their own thing. Like they don't really have like a big group of them. And uh there was this big gang of spacers in space and I went to go kill them and I did. And uh, they were all apparently following this dude who was like some old general from like the uh from the Freestar Collective army cuz uh, the Freestar Collective used to have like a military back in the day. And they went to war with the UC Navy, with the UC, with the United Colonies or whatever. They went to war with them. And there's this whole thing where, like, they've been at war before. And then they created, like, this armistice and this peace. And they kind of, like, said, we'll let the Freestar do their own thing. And the United Colonies will do their own thing. But this guy was like, fuck the fuck the United Colonies. They screwed us over. You know, we should have never surrendered to them. And that's why he was doing all this crazy shit, like we're in this big gang of like thugs or whatever. And uh, you end up fighting him, killing him or whatever, taking him to jail. But when you complete that quest, you get a pretty cool ship. And this ship is like super upgraded compared to your starter ship. Like really, it's one of the best ships in the game. Because it has like a shitload of cargo space compared to your first ship. And it's just like a, a more badass ship. It's way bigger and like it has more like it has three decks inside of it and uh it has like badass guns that ship i think even though it's kind of funny because it's like a it's like a space cop ship right like you have like jail cells inside your ship like you legit have like these like jail cell things you can put people in or whatever but uh the the ship is kind of really designed to board other ships because it has like this uh pretty powerful em weapon and uh the em weapons they're used to uh, disable like like uh, they used to disable equipment on a ship. So like if you're fighting a ship and you take down their shields, instead of shooting your cannons or your missiles at them to do damage to them directly, mm-hmm. you can fire you can fire your EM weapon and it won't damage the ship, but it'll damage their systems. Like it'll take out their it'll disable so their it doesn't shields. Do like or, like a hall damage? It'll just like yeah, not it'll hall just damage, di- right. Yeah, it'll just disable their systems. Like, it'll disable their shields, disable their guns, disable their engines, disable whatever. And once you disable the engines of a ship, usually you can just pull up next to it, and it gives you the option to dock with it, right? Because once you disable them, they can't move, and they'll stop moving. They might still be able to fire at you because their guns will still be working. But if you're able to get close enough and dock with it, then you can board the ship. So it's kind of funny to me that the space cop ship... Is like really good for pirating. <laughs> like it's really good for like getting up close to other ships and just fucking boarding them, you know, and killing everybody in them. Um, so that was kind of odd that, that that ship is that powerful with that weapon. But I don't know. I guess space cops need to be able to board ships. That's the way I look at it. Maybe these cops need to be able to board these ships to arrest people and 
Maybe it's a good thing they have these weapons that don't actually kill everyone on the ship, but they can just get on it and and right. arrest whoever they need to arrest, right? Right. They, I'm sure they had to make a way, you know, so you could do that, you know, like yeah, yeah. You know, if you did space combat, you couldn't just destroy every ship and then not. Yeah, yeah. When I first time, like in my little ship in the beginner ship, I would get into space combat, and I was always wondering how the fuck do you board these ships. Yeah, I had, that, I had that question too. The the first mission I had to do it, Jesus, and I, I got tested yeah. too. I couldn't board it. Like, oh no, I actually could board it, and because it told me I had to fly close, you know, you had to get so close and yeah. stuff like that, and you could board it. And I boarded it, and I got on this ship, and this is like the very first time you board a ship, and it said it was like my mission, and so I went, I get on the ship, and I walk like there's like a like a obvious like corridor to my left, and so I go down the corridor, and it dead ends, and there's like a couple like. There's like a person and like a dead person in there or something like that. And there's like, but there's like nothing really to like see. I'm like, what the heck? So I get back out and I get back in my ship thinking I'm like, maybe that's not where my mission was at or something, you know? And so I back off, I detach from it and I back back out and it, and it said my mission was there again. And so then I went to go reattach to it and I couldn't reattach. I kept flying real close to the ship. I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And I'm like, and I'm like mm-hmm. crashing into it a little bit and I just ended up just reloading the game. And and then Absolutely. it just let me dock onto it right away. Nico, I talked to him today, and he he had said something like, "You have to kind of like lock onto it and target it, and then mm-hmm. it will." He said on the controller, it's like hit A, and you can like yeah, lock onto it, and, and then it it gives you the yeah. ability to lock dock after that. Which yeah. I was evidently wasn't locking onto it. I was just close enough to it, you know. And wonder if on the PC you just click on it and it'll lock onto it. I don't know. Yeah, that maybe works. that's what it was or something. Because yeah, I could not figure um, out I kept crashing into the buildings and stuff and I was like, all right, I'm turning it off now. No, yeah. The problem that I had was I didn't know that the EM weapon was the weapon I was supposed to use. Mm-hmm. So I kept blowing the ships up. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh man. I kept blowing them up. I'm like, how come I could never board these ships? I thought you could board these ships. I was so mad and I was Finally, after so long, like after 10 hours of playing the game, I figured out, oh, the EM weapon is the weapon that takes out shields and guns and engines and gravity drives. That's what takes them out. I was like, that's what does it. So now I know how to board ships. I'm able to do it. Uh, there was I've had some weird side things happen, though. Like one mission was weird. So I was flying around. I flew, I flew to this planet because I was going to like a side quest. And when I flew into the the space or whatever, when I teleported there or whatever, fast travel to the planet, there was a ship just floating kind of like in the distance. Like in, there was like a bunch of like metal, like debris or whatever. And there was a ship floating in the middle of it. And it was just sitting there. It wasn't doing anything. And I was like, that looks kind of creepy. I was like, that looks like a, like event horizon or some shit, you know, like some creepy ass fucking looking ship just floating in the middle of space with like no lights on. It's just floating. So I kind of get close to it, and I and I press A to lock onto it. And when you press A in space, and there's other ships flying around, you can hail them, you can talk to them, and you can see what their name is and like what they're aligned with. If they're part of the UC, or if they're part of the Crimson Fleet, or if they're part of the Free Star Collective, or if they're just a spacer ship. And uh, this ship had like a designation on it, and it was a United Colonies, uh, like it said, United Colonies Vanguard something something ship it had like a name like a like it had a name like it was an actual known like starship so i held it and it was like some some guy started talking to me and they're like help me help me and i'm like what's what's your problem like identify yourself and they're like this is captain so and so i need your help immediately who are you 
And I told him because at that time I was already I joined the UC Navy or whatever, like the the United Colonies or whatever. I joined them, mm-hmm. so I was technically like I'm, I'm a captain of the UC Navy now. So I told him, "This is Captain Blah 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 with the UC Navy. What's your distress?" And he's like, "Oh, they're about to find me. Come, come help me." And then like all of a sudden, they goes into static, and then like this other chick is on the radio, and she's like, "Hello," and I'm like. Uh, who the fuck are you? And she's like, oh, no worries. We're fine now. You can just keep going. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, who the fuck are you? And, and she's like, uh, uh, this is so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, where the fuck? I told them, where the fuck is the captain of the ship? Like, what happened to the captain? And they're like, uh, uh, the captain. Oh, oh, I'm the captain. I'm like, you're not the fucking captain. I was just talking to the captain. And then, and then they're like, uh, and like you could hear like a guy in the background whispering, like, "Hey, like keep him talking." I almost have the, I almost have the guns up or whatever. And like you could see the ship had like all these things disabled because when you locked onto it, it'll show like red on like what's disabled, and it said like engines disabled, shields disabled, guns disabled. So it was like all fucked up looking, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this ship has been attacked or something, and it's disabled. Everything's like offline. And I told them. Hey, look, uh, prepare for boarding. We're going to board you. You know, this is whatever from the UC, whatever Navy. We're going to board you, prepare for boarding, shut down your ship and get ready to be boarded. And they're like, no, no, don't come on the ship. So I end up getting close to it, right? And I dock with it and I get on their ship and I get in there and all I see is dead bodies everywhere, dude. Like fucking like the UC Marines or whatever, like, they're just dead bodies everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck happened here, dude? So I'm walking to the ship. It's kind of a big ship. I'm kind of walking through it. And I run into them. I run into the guys on the ship. And they're enemies. And they're shooting. They're fucking shooting at me, right? Mm-hmm. So I take, like, the first three guys out. And then I go to the next deck where the where the cockpit is, where, like, the, the bridge is, right? Where, like, the main part of the ship where they fly it. And I open the door, and there's four people in that room, and they kind of have their backs towards me, and they're kind of trying to—they're trying to fix something. It seemed like I think they were trying to get the ship to be able to fly again or something. So they're trying to fix something, and they have their backs towards me. And Andreja was with me, the chick that I told you she was with me with all these missions, right? So they turn around and they're like, "Oh shit, he's here." And I'm like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing here? And they're like, fuck you. And they start shooting at me. So I end up fucking these guys up pretty fast. I just pull out my shotgun and fucking boom, 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 you know, take them all out. The problem was, as soon as I did that mayo, it said, Andreja disliked that. Andreja is angry with you. And it said, Andreja, it said, she is no longer your follower. And then it said, and it also said, Sam Co is no longer your follower. And it said, Barrett is no longer your follower. Oh, you made them all mad. So that was two people on my ship. And then Andreja, he was like, I can't believe you did that. I need to talk to you as soon as you can. So I ended up talking to her. And she's like, I can't believe you would fucking do that. You just murdered innocent people. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, that's one of the options. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? You you come upon this ship and all these dead people are there. And you're like, what do you you think? (laughs) These guys... Are definitely not part of the navy, dude. They just killed everyone in the navy. Definitely not friendly to who the people that was on that ship. And they're not friendly to me because they started shooting at me. What the fuck do you mean? And then uh, she was like, 
I can't believe you did that. She's like, the next spaceport we go into, I'm leaving. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck just happened? And then I talked to, like, I, so I end up, what I ended up doing was, okay, I said, you know what? All right, fuck you, Andresia. I said, fuck you. Okay. So I get in the seat of the cockpit, right? I get on the seat of the ship and I undock my other ship with it. I undock it. And I mm-hmm. said, so now I'm flying this big ass ship from the UC Navy, like this huge ship. And I'm like, okay, so I have this ship now. I'm going to take it back to, uh, to Jemison, right? Like the, the new Atlantis or whatever, that capital city. I was like, I'm going to take it back there because it's obviously part of the UC Navy or whatever. I'm going to return it. So I end up flying back there. And as soon as I teleport there, dude, you know how it's like, oh, please hold. We're going to scan your ship. Well, so they, they scan, scan your ship, right? They scan my ship. There's this other little ship from like the Freestar Collective that automatically starts shooting at me. Automatically. Like not even a warning. It's just red. And they're fucking shooting at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I shoot them. So I don't what I don't understand is okay, I board this ship, I kill these bad guys, my people are fucking pissed at me, my crew is. I end up flying back to Jemison, and this fucking stupid little ship, like this little tiny ship is shooting at me. I fucking shoot back at it. Now I have fifty ships, like all the ships, literally, all the ships that were around that planet, male, lock onto me. Right. And they're I'm all like, mad at, they're all mad at you. Was it like a, to, like a no-combat zone kind of thing, but they just no, automatically target like, you? That son of a bitch was targeting me. What the fuck? I can't defend myself. <laughs> right. Because when even when he was targeting me, I was trying to land, but it said you cannot land during combat. So I'm like, uh, okay. And then as soon as that happened, I get a call from the other ship, the, like the UC ship, and it says, this is the UC Navy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you are you are wanted by the UC Navy and the Freestar Collective. You have a bounty on your head. Please, uh, it said, prepare for boarding. Or then, like, then you have a chance to respond like, okay, I'll come quietly. Or, oh, you can never take me alive or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then it, I started blowing them all out of the sky. And my bounty, dude, just went from like nothing to like, oh, now you're 30,000 bounty, 60,000 bounty. A hundred thousand bounty, quarter million bounty. Now you're at five hundred thousand bounty. I'm like, what the fuck? I ended up when I killed all of them. I had like a eight hundred thousand dollar bounty, dude. And this is after I blew up like fifty ships. I blew up so many mail. I, I, and then my crew was all mad at me. They're all like, like <laughs> these people just left me here. Now I'm by myself, and I'm like, nah, what? Now you're what a loner the out there. Fuck. So I ended up having to reload a save. And I ended up, when I ran into that ship, I just didn't, like, talk to it. You know what I mean? So when I went uh, back and I reloaded a save right before that jump, I was like, I'm not going to jump there because I know that ship is there. And I don't want to, like, I don't know if this is a bug or I'm doing something wrong. Like, I don't right. know. Well, I wonder what would have happened if you would have kept going, like, how the game would have went if everybody's mad at you. Yeah, like, everyone was mad at me. I have, like, almost a million-dollar bounty on my head. I'm never going to be able to pay that off. And, like, the thing is, man, if you don't have enough money to pay off your bounties, you can choose to serve time in jail, right? Uh-huh. And they will sentence you to jail for however many days based on your bounty. So I've done that before where, like, I got caught robbing a store or something. I was doing something. I was I broke into the back of a store. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be back there. 
But then all of a sudden the cops ran in. They're like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. You're under arrest. And I'm like, okay, take me to jail. Like, I just said, okay, take me to jail. So when they take you to jail, they take away any item on your inventory that was stolen. So if you have any item that says stolen on your inventory, that gets automatically taken away from you. Okay, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then it says, you spent seven days in jail. And it says, for that, now we're going to penalize you on your XP. So it takes away your XP based on how many days in jail you spent. Uh Your XP goes down, dude. So I'm like, $800,000, like, that's going to be like fucking three years in jail, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like that ain't going to be like a fucking, oh, I'm going to spend seven days in jail. Fuck no. Like, they're going to execute me. You know, like, that's that's a lot of money, dude. Right. <laughs> like, like, so, yeah, that was kind of weird that that happened. But, I mean, I've had a lot of other good experiences. Once I reloaded my safe and I did, I started doing the UC missions shit. It's really cool, man. Like, the game, the like, the UC missions are super unique. I really like those. That's you end up meeting the terror morph in that mission, which is like an alien creature thing, dude. But like that alien creature has like some cool abilities where like it can like it can fuck with your brain. While, oh, I think like, I heard you guys talking about this or somebody talk about this. Yeah, while it's attacking you, it fucks with your brain. Like it like it'll make you hallucinate. So what ends up doing it, it ma- it makes friendlies turn against each other because it can like like mess with their brains or whatever. Plus, you're fighting this fucking alien. It's and he's powerful too. Not even like bullshitting you. He's like a he's almost like a death claw from uh from Fallout. Like a big fucking dude. You know what I mean? Big powerful motherfucker. Like you run into this thing, and that thing could like fuck with your brain. And as you're fighting it, you're hearing voices, and they're like, "Oh, like don't just shoot them. Don't shoot me. Shoot them. Like they're your real enemy." And I'm like, "Who the fuck said that?" It's like, oh, and then it'll be like, why did you leave us? Why did you abandon us? And it's like, oh, like, like, why did you kill me? Like, like, you'll just have like random voices in your head, dude. Like, just constantly going as you're fighting this creature, and, and like, you start hallucinating and shit, start seeing shit. And you're like, what the fuck? It's almost like it feels like Hellblade's the newest sacrifice, almost where <laughs> you're trying to fight this thing, and you're hearing all these voices, but you're also still hearing your friendlies talk to you. Uh huh. But then, like, the other voices are telling you, like, no, nah, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Like, like do whatever. Like, just fucking just shoot them now before they can shoot you. Because they're going to shoot you. Just get them now before they can get you. And even if you aim at your friendlies, the reticle turns red like they're enemies. But they're not enemies. But it'll turn red like they are. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, the, like this whole, like, sequence of fighting with this alien thing is it's pretty unique and different. And it's pretty nice. Uh, so that was kind of a unique quest that i did with the uc um and that ends up turning into some whole other shit still that goes on the more you complete that quest which is super cool um but i've been doing like just random side missions man kind of doing my thing and uh i'm i'm loving this game like it really is a game where i'm getting into it to where i'm like all right i'm gonna role play this shit like i'm gonna make decisions and just kind of roll with them you know what i mean and uh, see what happens. The only reason I didn't do that with that that whole thing where everyone was pissed at me was because, dude, I literally killed like probably a hundred people in like a matter of twenty minutes, fighting like hundreds of ships. Like it was a lot of ships, man. And I'm not talking like little ships. I'm talking like big ass fucking ships, little ones, fast ones, 
fucking like it looked like a fucking star destroyer thing that I was fighting for like five minutes straight. And these things were powerful, and they almost killed me. And yeah, so I I had to reload that save. I couldn't just do it because I feel like that was a bug, like or something. I did something wrong there where. Maybe I wasn't supposed to shoot those people, but I did because they were shooting at me right away. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what the hell happened there. But uh, that was a weird mission because I was like, I was responding to something like a distress call, or I was investigating something on a planet, and I just run into this ship, and they're asking me for help, and I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this the voice changes, and there's somebody else on the radio, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And they're like, oh no, the captain is busy right now. I'm the captain. I'm like what the fuck? Okay, but uh, yeah, I've also had like other random like little shit pop up in the game where uh, like random ships will talk to me and they'll be like, "Hey, have you heard about this over here?" And then you just kind of like, "Now you got a new side quest. Go check this out." Um, that's kind of unique and kind of neat. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I've been exploring a lot. I, I explore a lot. Kind of just run around, do my thing, and uh, I really like the game. Uh, now, in terms of the game performance, I ended up doing a few things to the game. I ended up modding the fuck out of the game. So I ended up I hear adding, that's the way to go for something. You, you went with the round butts right away, didn't you? That's what got no, you there. No, I ended <laughs> up uh, added the DLSS mod to it. Uh-huh. So I did the DLSS mod. And then there's a, there's a shader mod with that. So you have to install a new shader or a reshade mod with it. I did that. I ended up adding a mod where uh, the... The uh, the menus are more responsive, so it knocks down the time from like point nine hundred milliseconds to point uh, three hundred milliseconds, and it's a significant difference. Like the menus in terms of like how fast I can pull up my inventory and, and yeah, because there's like a, there's like almost like a little animation in there, right? Like it's like a kind of like a it kind of pops in. I feel. And then it, it kind of there's like a out. there's like a delay. It's yeah, it's fast, but like. With this like instant menu mod, it feels instant. Like it's just like boom, boom, boom. Like the menus are just there, dude. Like, like you don't have to like. It's like no weight at all, which is kind of cool. I also added a mod where. Uh, what other mods did I add? I added those mods. I added the reshade mod. Added uh, another mod that I added. I know I added some other ones. Nothing that was like game breaking though. Uh, but uh, just. Shit that would make the game run better. There was what an optimized the, the AI smoother. Is that did it have the uh where it reorganized all your weapons and it shows you the weights and does it show you that? I've seen that on one video where I didn't do that one, but I know it's there. I also it's like did a the, UI uh, mod or something like that, like an inventory mod I, or something. I saw it, yeah. I didn't do it. I have the uh there's a mod for optimizing performance. I did that one, and there's another mod that I downloaded. I don't remember what it was, but uh, oh, the mod that enables achievements. Because once you mod it and you mod into DLSS, it disables your achievements right away. Like the game just does; it just stops. Like the achievements stop tracking on as, Steam, as most games probably should. And and you know, because like if you're gonna mod the game and you know, it's technically like you're not cheating. But you know, if you do it a mod that did cheat the game, and you were you know, accumulating achievements, it'd be kind of wouldn't have been an achievement, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I know understand there's why a, they do that. I know, there's a mod, that. I know there's a mod for uh, like infinite sprint. Like you never run out of sprinting, like mm-hmm. oxygen, which I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm just kind of just 
do the mods that improve my performance, and that's what I did. So I did that. I also did a, a I got into the uh, the INI files, and I ended up changing the FOV. So one of the big things that and Breek mentioned it to me the first time he played it. He was like, "Dude, why can't the FOV be changed?" And I was like, "Oh, it's not a big deal." But changing the FOV from the standard seventy-five to uh, probably I think I, I, I put it to one fifteen mm-hmm. on my on first person. I put it to one fifteen, and third person I put it to one hundred five or one hundred. And it's a big difference. Like I could feel like I could see way more of what's going on around me, and it feels faster. Like the game just feels faster, and it's like the same effect that I have with me on Battlefield. In Battlefield, if you play with standard FOV. You get in there and fuck with the settings and max out your FOV. You're you're you will feel a lot faster. You will feel like holy fuck, this is way faster. And it also improved my frame rates for some reason. Switching out the FOV to 115. Usually, my frame rates. Usually, a game like that it makes it worse. Usually, when you change oh. your FOV, it usually makes your frame rate worse, which is kind of interesting. No, my frame rate shot up somehow. I don't know how, dude. But um, I ended up uh, doing all that. I ended up, uh, like I said, enabling the achievements again, which so now I'm able to get achievements again. Now, once they come out with all these patches, because they recently came out and patched the game with the small patch for bug fixes and whatnot. But Bethesda also said, like, look, these are the first things we're working on. And they said the first things they're working on are, are DLSL support, HDR calibration, uh, FOV sliders, I wonder why it didn't come out with it. Like, I just feel like that's an odd choice. You know, I mean, we know they had the the pre-sync and stuff and, you know, AMD's version and stuff. And, but it's just weird because you hear Bethesda are like, oh, that's the first thing we're working on. You know, yeah. like, do they just want to make sure they got the game out? And then they're like, we'll just add stuff later. You know, like. Maybe. Uh, I know that they probably, the reason they're working on these things first is because all those things that I did is all the things they're patching are the most popular mods. Mm-hmm for the game right now. Maybe they're paying attention to the modding community uh, and just they're realizing how many people that, want I DLSS. What it is. I think that's what it is. I think they saw how many people are downloading the mod for DLSS and, how does and, it, the, and changing their FOV and doing all that shit. And they're probably like, okay, yeah, we need to change these things first. And, and how does this. that make them look? You know, like they didn't add this in the game and you have somebody within days when the game coming out have it modded and running better. You know, like... That's just crazy. Yeah. To me. Like, like that fast. Know. Like you have a whole team that they've been building this game for years, and then the game comes out, and there's a couple things we don't like, and then somebody just in a matter of days makes it better. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like they're probably pressured to just patch the game as much as they could and work on whatever they were working on, and they probably said, "You know what? Fuck it. We'll release that shit later." Yeah, we just gotta get it out because we said we would, and we wouldn't delay it. Um. But yeah, that I'm glad to see that literally all the things that they're going to be working on in their first few patches, they said, are things that I modded the game for. So hopefully I could just unmod it or reinstall the update or whatever and take off the mods and I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, the game runs pretty good for me on my PC. I'm getting 60 frames on most areas. Some areas are getting up to 120, some areas even higher than that. But it just really depends yeah. on... like. The things in the cities and whatnot. It uh, was burning pretty well for me, but like most of my main gaming now is on this 240 hertz 1080p monitor. So, it like, you know, it's, it's not doing as high of a resolution. Yeah. So, it tends to, you know, my graphics card tends to run it a little easier. So, it, I almost prefer to play on it now. 
because I'm just kind of used to it, and it's like, oh, I get better frame rate, you know, on this 1080p versus my 1440 monitor. So it's a lot of times, and the way my monitors are oriented, I usually just prefer to play on that one, you know. So I just kind of let it, yeah. I stuck, let it go with the 1080p, and, and I think I was getting a consistent 100 plus frames like all the time on ultra settings. Nice. So. And the game is a real looker. Like it looks really nice in some areas. Uh, with the there's also a, a thing that I installed where it removes like this filter the game has, and um, the game has like a filter to it that this mod removes this filter, and it makes the blacks actually look black. Whereas if you just play the game standard, the blacks look black, but they also have like a greenish hue to them almost, like a, like a, like a like a slight tint of green to it um and you'll notice it when you're looking at thrusters or something on the ship when it's taking off or when it's in space um and doing this mod that changed those filters out kind of really made the colors pop a little more um especially on the oled i don't know because the mod said this this mod is really made for oled monitors and tvs because if you notice the game has like hue to it and you'll notice that a lot on the oled because oleds have really dark blacks you know like it's it's black it's dark oh, yeah it's a perfect it's like perfect black yeah yeah so like it's it's really easy to notice on the oled it's supposed to like leds or lcd monitors or whatever um so i did that mod and that really did change the colors of the game i was like holy fuck like the game looks actually really good <laughs> i was like this is actually pretty nice like to look at <laughs> um but i the gameplay i'm having fun with it i like the shooting i like the combat i like the powers you get Eventually, I guess this is kind of spoilers, but not really. So you play the play the campaign mission long enough. Not even that far. I would say five hours, six hours into the campaign missions itself. Just the campaign. If you just focus on the campaign, you'll get to a point where you end up fighting this like uh, this anomaly, and they tell you about it. So you go there, and it's kind of lame. They're all the same. You land on this planet. There's an anomaly on the planet, and you look around. And there's structures, and you can scan the structures, and it'll say the structure is a uh, is an anomaly. But then you also keep looking around. The more you turn around, your little uh, scanner thing will start vibrating, kind of like going fuzzy and vibrating. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta walk towards it. So once once it's vibrating and fuzzy, you just walk that direction. You keep walking, 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 walking until you get to the structure that you're kind of facing when it's all fuzzy. And then it'll say this is the blah 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 chamber or sanctuary or whatever the fuck it's called i don't know it's like a chamber or a sanctuary i don't know what they call them but you end up going in there the door opens you go in there and you end up like in like zero g gravity like like there's no gravity like you're just floating and there's like a big like sphere in the middle that starts spinning really fast and this music starts playing and it starts spinning really fast and all these little stars pop up and then this big like orb of light will pop up and at first I was like, what the fuck is that orb of light? Do I shoot it? So I shot it, didn't do nothing. I'm like, maybe I'll fly towards it. And sure enough, there's the mini game to it where like you have to fly towards the orbs with the little jet boost pack. And you boost up and down, left and right, and you boost towards it. And you as long as you touch it with your body, it, like it'll disappear and another one will appear on the other side of the room or above you or behind you or underneath you. Then you boost over to that, then you touch that. Then you boost over to the other one. Then you touch that. Then you do that for about, I don't know, anywhere between like four to seven times or ten times. The first time, it literally took me like ten minutes. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I keep like 
missing this shit because they keep getting, they kind of get a little bit faster. Like they'll start disappearing faster. Like they'll appear. Then if you don't get there fast enough, it'll disappear and appear somewhere else. And I wasn't getting to them fast enough. Finally, I figured out, oh, you just got to use your boost thing and like boost over there and then you'll get to them fast enough. Once you do like enough of those, the orb stops spinning. You fly into the orb and it'll like do the stupid animation. I like when you first touch the artifact, that animation when like it's like music playing and like you're zooming in and like planets are flying by and shit. It'll do that. And then it'll say, oh, new power to acquire. And it'll be like a cool power. It'll be usually like a power that's kind of useful for whatever reason. Um, there's different ones. I have about four of them or five of them. And uh, so, like, one of them is like, uh, it's called personal atmosphere. So, like, if you're running, right, and you run out of oxygen, you can press this power with LB and RB, the bumper buttons of the controller. You press them, and there's a power meter on top of your health, whatever. And it'll use up some of that power juice or whatever. Like, it'll use it up. But then it'll just refill up as, as time goes by. Um, and it'll, like, the personal atmosphere one will give you, like, 100% oxygen. So your oxygen meter will automatically fill up all the way. And then it'll stay filled up. It won't go down. No matter if you're running, jumping, or whatever. It won't go down for, like, I don't know, four seconds or five seconds or whatever. There's another one that, like, is called uh what's it called it's called like uh gravitational like gravitation gravitational pull or something where it says harness the power of a planet and you use gravity to your advantage you use that you kind of like use your power and it makes everything around you kind of float up in the air so like if you're in a in a room full of oh, enemies, I have, i've seen that that is really cool and, looking and you fucking use it everyone kind of starts floating in the air except for you right Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cool thing, you know, because you can just run up to people and, like, now all of a sudden they're, like, upside down floating. They can't really shoot at you, and you can fuck them up. Uh, there's another one that's, like, uh, uh, you turn invisible. There's another one that, like, uh, does something else. There's different powers that do different things. Um, and, like, once you leave the little temple, there's a little enemy guy outside. He's, like, the guardian of whatever the fuck, the people that protect those things or whatever. And then you kill them, and then... You go to the next one. You find the same temple by following the distortion, walk to the door, float around, touch the little orbs, and rinse and repeat, which is kind of like fucking lame. You know, I'm like, like this is what you thought what you thought of about getting these powers. You got to fucking float around this stupid room and touch these stupid orbs. Like, why can't I just walk up to the thing and press a button and it stops the thing from spinning and then I walk into it? It would have been no different from doing that. But, like, no, instead you got to float around for fucking five minutes trying to hit these orbs. And, if like, it's in zero G, so if you fuck up, it'll, like, you float right past it. You don't touch it. Now it's appeared across the room. Now you got to try to boost all the way across the room. Like, some of these are pretty, like, annoying. When you first don't, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, like, if you don't have a clue what you're supposed to do, you could be in there for 20 minutes, dude, and just, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> What's going on here, right? Because there's no hint. It doesn't tell you touch the orb. It doesn't. It just appears. There's no, like, thing that says, hey, touch this orb or whatever. Like, no, it's just, fuck you. Like, figure it out. You walked into this room. The shit starts spinning. You're in zero G. Whatever, dude, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. 
it, it's kind of lame, but the powers are cool. I'll give them that. The powers are fucking cool, and they kind of do change up the game a little bit for you in terms of combat, right? Because now you got all these different powers. Now, equipping the powers is another stupid thing because you open up your menu, and instead of like going to your inventory, you, it's just up on the menu, so you just go up to the top, and it says powers, and you can click on that, and it shows all the powers, and there's symbols for the powers. There's little symbols that they have assigned to the power, but the symbols don't mean shit, male. Okay, I don't know. Maybe they mean something to someone, but they don't mean shit to me because it's like a bunch of squares and rectangles and lines. It's like I'm looking at an alien artifact. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, okay, how am I supposed to know like that power? That symbol means gravity. How am I supposed to know this symbol means uh, the fucking the air oxygen thing? How do I know this symbol means uh, a shield, like an armor shield you can put up around you? How the fuck do I know that's supposed to be a thing? Like, 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 yeah, when you tap, when you, like, highlight them or whatever with your thumbstick or once you're on the PC, you can click on them. It'll tell you the description of what the power is. It'll be like, this is the power. And it'll say, like, whatever, use this to make a shield. Use this to do this. Use this to do that. I guess that's the way you do it. But, like, it seems time-consuming. If you're in a combat situation... Just like you were, where you're changing your guns out from the inventory system, it's cumbersome as fuck. And it's cumbersome to go in there and have to check your powers. Like, oh, fuck, here we go. I gotta check this stupid power, see which one I need right now mm -hmm. to fight these guys or whatever. You know, it's like kind of lame, to be honest. Maybe, I don't know if you can favorite like a power, like, and put it in your little, uh, your favorite, your little favorite wheel. Maybe I could do that, but then I'm gonna lose guns, right? I'm gonna lose guns that I have equipped on there. Um, I'm just, yeah, not a big fan of the way that that whole thing is. The menu system kind of sucks. The uh, no delay menus mod really helped that though, uh, because it, it helped with just even like when uh, you're looking at the, the the galaxy maps and you're tabbing in and out of the planets and the systems. That no delay mod helps the speed of that mail so it helps when you zoom in and out of like the systems and you're zooming out to the other systems or whatever that's that it really helped out a lot so I'm, I'm glad i did that mod that mod really yeah. was a game changer for real like you think oh that's a stupid mod why would i want faster menus no you want the you <laughs> yeah, want the I've faster seen it. menus i've seen the menu so i probably kind of like i said i feel like yeah. i almost have like an animation coming in it's like a like hits, dude yeah so I uh, I look forward to playing more Starfield. I want to kind of. So here's the debate with me. I know I want to beat the game. I know I want to do a new game plus. Mm -hmm. So do I? I don't know if like I should just say fuck it and run through the campaign and restart the game, so I can just start doing whatever I want to do, or do I just play it leisurely till I beat it and then restart it? I don't know how to do this, man. Because no, I don't. I've heard just other people talking about this and did i hear like a new game plus if you just beat the campaign right because you're gonna finish the campaign it just kind of goes back in and you don't really have to do the campaign on the on the new game plus it just kind of leaves the extra content for you to go back and do does that does that sound right have you heard that i have no idea i know that you can continue to uh no i think you could do the campaign again i just i know that all your progress carries over like your items get lost so you lose all your guns, your armor, but you also get new armor and a new ship when you do a new game plus. 
So you get like a custom, like a brand new ship that you don't see in the game till you do a new game plus, and you get a new set of armor, but you lose all your weapons and all your like materials and all that shit. I don't know if you lose all your ships. You might, maybe, um, but you get a new ship in like return, right? Um, I just quick search for Jesus. It just told me like on the quick search, it said uh, you lose everything, all your weapons, all your armor, all your credits. Uh, every yeah. quest is wiped, and New Game Plus only gives you a chance to skip the main quest. So, yeah, but, I mean, you get a new ship, and you get, like, some armor when you mm-hmm. do it. I know that. So, yeah. And I know that, like, you also keep all your, like, perks. Like, all your perks that you've leveled up, you keep them all. Like, they're, they're all leveled up, and they're all kept. So, if you want to, like, have, I guess, all the perks in the game, you can just grind it out and do one playthrough. Or you can just do New Game Plus to get there faster, I think. Um, I'm just... I don't know, like, what to do. Me, I would just kind of chill and just enjoy the game. And just do it at your yeah. own pace. It seems like, to me, the draw is more the side quests and the random stuff you get into. Yeah. Than just powering through it. Everybody I hear talk about the game, like, in the Discord and stuff. They're like, oh, this side quest was awesome. Or that side quest was awesome. And... They feel flushed out and they feel so good they almost feel like a main quest, you know, like the side quests do. So to me, I think I would just, if I was you, I would just enjoy the game and then just finish it whenever you finish it, but just play through it and enjoy it. I really, uh, I love this game, man. Honestly, it's what I wanted No Man's Sky to be. And if you have remember, you, have you went back to it. No, if you remember listening to No Man's Sky, like me talk about No Man's Sky when it was first coming out and when I first played it. I was really hyped for that game. I was excited as fuck for it. I played it. I was into it. I liked it, but I also knew that it had flaws. But I liked it. I liked it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking liked that game at launch, even without like the combat, without whatever it is now. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to planets. I enjoyed looking at things. I enjoyed being the first person to ever see something that no one else has seen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, this game is that. And I guess I'm not exploring planets that people haven't seen because all these planets seem to be like pre pre made or whatever, like whatever you know. I, I guess some of the areas are uh, procedurally generated. Like if you randomly land on, because you know you've probably seen the planets right where you you can land on the main city mail, but you can also just like rotate the planet and click on it anywhere that there's land and just land there. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you don't have to land. I did by on mistake like, on, click on, on the like planet the and was yeah. dragging around and seeing I could click on different spots to land. Yeah, you could just land in random spots. Now, every time you land in one of these spots, it's not going to be, like, exciting every time. Um, but you can land there, and you can just, like, it'll generate points of interest when you land there. And I, I guess people keep talking about, well, there's a boundary to the, to the, the area. Like, bro, let me tell you something about the boundaries in the areas. The fucking boundaries are so big that I've never once, never once, man, in my whole time of playing this game, have ever, ever, ever ran into a boundary. Not one time, dude. So you got to purposely run and run and run. You would literally. Right, you're looking for it. You would have to run like you would have to get out of your ship and just say, I'm going to run straight like Forrest Gump and I'm going to run 40 minutes in this direction. And I'm going to get to the boundary. That's literally because even when I've landed in random spots, right, Mayo? Say I landed in a random planet in a random spot. 
the points of interest that get generated for me, sometimes they're like 2,000 meters away, 3,000 meters away. That's a long distance, dude. And I'm running forever to get there. And I'm, I'm running for like five minutes to get to this point of interest, you know, to get to this abandoned farm fucking pharmaceutical lab or whatever, or this abandoned mech facility or whatever. I, I'm running for like 10 minutes to get there, dude. And I'm like, I've never ran into a boundary. Like, it just seems like to not happen. I don't know. Like, people, like I said, people would have to literally be looking for these boundaries to, to have them. And uh, even when you land on planets, you will see other ships land. And that's always a moment of, oh, shit. Every, every single time, man, for me it is, at least. Every single time I've been on a planet and I hear, like, the loud, like, the fucking engines of a ship... I'm like a little kid, dude. I might start looking at the sky. I'm like, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is it? I start looking at the sky, and then I see it, and you see the ship coming in, and you're kind of seeing them land, and you're like, okay, how far away is the landing from me? Is it far enough that I could run there? And then it'll land, and you can legit just run there right away. Sometimes they're just normal people, right? It'll be like a normal crew of people. And they'll just be like, they'll be cool as fuck. They'll be like, hey, man, we're just chilling. Maybe we're looking for food or whatever. We're looking for, I don't know, we're looking for aluminum. Do you have some? And I'll be like, yes, I'll have some. Do you want to buy some? Or like, fuck, no, I don't have any. Fuck you. Or like sometimes they'll be like mercenaries. They're just like trying to steal people's shit. Or they'll be like the uh, this other faction of enemies that I won't tell you about that you'll find out about in the campaign. Or there'll be, uh, like, just random people, like, just landing on these planets with you. And one of the places that I went to that was pretty cool, man, to be on was the moon. I kind of said, you know what? I want to go to the moon. So I fucking flew to Earth. I flew to the moon. And I landed on the moon. And I was walking around the moon. And I'm like, huh. I was like, I wonder what I could find on the moon. And I was just walking around. I found a bunch of other ships that I landed. And there's just people, man. They're just chilling. Hey man, you want to chill? Like, I'm just chilling out here. We need water. Do you have water? I'm like, I don't have no fucking water, man. I don't know. And then just chilling on the moon, dude. You know, just walking around doing nothing. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing, dude. Just been kind of chilling, going to different planets, exploring, finding weird, creepy shit sometimes. Like, sometimes I'll find like really creepy stuff. And I'm like, it almost feels out of place, like how creepy this is, you know, like. I'll run into a facility that's, like, run down or, like, a facility that looks like like it was running, like, a week ago and something terrible just happened. <laughs> and I just run happened to be the one person that runs into it after the bad shit happened. You know what I mean? But the crazy part is that most of the time I run, I run into those, like, I don't run into any enemies. So I'm like, what happened here? I don't, I don't know what happened, but, like, there's no enemies here either. You know, and I'm I'm like walking around the hallways with my gun out and shit, mail. I got my flashlight on. I got my gun out. I'm ready for something to jump out at me and try to fuck me up. No, there's nothing. I'm like, this is like really even more creepy now because I don't even know what happened now. So I don't know. But uh, have you? Uh, I seen a news article saying that there is a uh, the Halo Reach planet. Have you searched for that yet? Mm-mm. I have not that's, searched. That's, no. That's no, kind of cool to kind of throw that in. There's an Easter egg. It's I guess there's the Halo Reach planet is in no. Starfield. So 
Yeah, I'm assuming they could do a lot of planets that are just random ones. Um, or maybe some Star Wars references here and there, probably. I'm, I'm oh, assuming. I'm assuming there has to be something hidden in there that's a Star Wars or a Star Trek reference, you know? Um, I did have the uh, the adoring fan, you know, kind of come oh, up. Yeah, like, he's up. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take him on. He's like, "Can I be? Can I be with you?" You know, I'm like, "No, yeah. go away." <laughs> so one time in the city, right? I was in this. Uh, I was inside Neon, and just to fuck around to see if I could do it, I started killing everybody in Neon. I'm like, "All right, time to save the game. We're gonna test this out real quick." So I save the game. I pull out my shotgun, and I'm like, "All right, let's go fuck with the guards a little bit." I start harassing them, and I kind of hit them with my gun. They start shooting at me. I start shooting everyone. Everyone in the city has a gun for some reason. I don't know why. Everyone has a gun in space, apparently. And one of the people that was shooting at me was my adoring fan. And it was hilarious because when I shot him and I killed him, he was like, oh, I'm dying. And he's like, oh, but I'm so glad it was you. (laughs) I'm I'm glad it was you that killed me. Oh, I wouldn't have had it another way. It was fucking hilarious. I was That's laughing funny. my ass. I was like, this motherfucker, I was shooting him and killing him. And he's like so happy that it's me, the one that's killing him, you know? <laughs> Die by your hand. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in the city, though. That's the thing. I just, because like the first time I ran into him, he was like, oh, you're the best ever. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, he's like, can I go with you? And I was like, I don't think so. Maybe I'll think about it, you know? Like, I'll think about it. Right. Give me like a, I'll come back to you if I ever change my mind. And he's like, oh, I'll be right here. You can find me or whatever. But like this motherfucker legit, he follows you to different cities, dude. You may not ever know it, Mayo, but that motherfucker is following you <laughs> he's to just different. Jesus. He is following you to different planets, dude. He really is. Because I didn't know he was in Neon and I started shooting all these people, right? And all these people are shooting at me. I'm shooting all the guards, the people, the office people. Everyone's getting shot. I'm fucking killing everybody. And then here comes, I see this thing, and it said adoring fan. And I shoot him, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's him. I'm like, what the fuck's he doing over here? Last time I saw him, he was in that fucking capital city of uh, of Jemison. He was over there in like that capital city. Like, what the fuck's he doing here? And right. I was like, this is weird. Like, but I but I guess. They're not lying when they say that motherfucker follows you around. He legit will follow you planet to planet to planet and just fucking be with, like, stalking you or whatever. Like, I don't know. Just chilling in the background waiting for you to talk to him again or something. I don't know. Kind of odd. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny when he came around to you. Except, well, he was in what? Like, Elder Scrolls, I think? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I, uh, like I uh, also got a penthouse in one of the cities. I ended up getting a, a nice penthouse. But I, I was expecting when I bought it that it came with furniture, and it didn't, dude. So it's just like an empty apartment <laughs> on like the top on the top of this like tower, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, how do you like put furniture in here? And I guess you have to craft it or something. Weird. I was like, I was like, I can't just go to like a, a furniture store and buy the furniture. Right, like, you can't, can't it have it delivered. <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Hey, deliver this furniture to my house and maybe I can rearrange it when I'm there. No, it's like, no, I think you have to craft it, dude. I don't know how the fuck to craft furniture. I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to live in an empty apartment. I don't really yeah. care. Yeah, you don't oh, need well. stuff. I mean, I when you're traveling it. across the galaxy, Jesus, you really need stuff to go with you. I, I, I you might have stuff. to move again someday, you know. It's a nice who, apartment, who wants though. To, who wants to take your stuff across the galaxy, you know? Yeah, that's a lot of <laughs> stuff. I mean, 
Yeah, and I know there's outposts that you can build because I've had the option when I'm looking at random planet. It'll say build an outpost here, press whatever to build an outpost, and I'm like, no, I don't want to build an outpost because I don't want to get into it because I don't know anything about that. Like I try to fuck with the ship modifying thing, mm-hmm. I I can't do it. I'm like, no, this this is yeah. I know I think it's, it's like, kind of complicated. Everything has to be just right, like for it to balance out it, right. It and be able is, to fly. but like. This is way too much room into the, the crafting. I hate the crafting. I don't like crafting in games. I'm not a big fan of it, really. And in this game, it's kind of hard. But once you get the hang of it, it kind of makes sense. It's just, I can craft some stuff like health packs and shit, but I can't craft like big stuff. Like, I, there's, I know how to make Aurora. Like, I know what the materials I would need to make that drug. I just don't know where to find the materials. And I guess that's why you go and you scan planets to find the materials needed to make these drugs or whatever. But I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to fly around and do my own thing. Like, I don't want to build an outpost to make drugs. Maybe I, maybe it should, because maybe it'll make me a lot of money. Right. If I'm able to smuggle the drugs around the galaxy or whatever. But I was like, I don't, I don't know how to get into this. I don't want to want to get into it right now. I know how to, uh, you know, you can upgrade your ship without having to upgrade the modules. You can just upgrade like, the engines, the laser guns, you can upgrade like that stuff. You can just go in there and buy that stuff to upgrade it. Um, and then, I don't know if you know this, man, but there's different types of ships. There's the class A ship, which is the, I think the one you start with. Uh-huh. There's class, there's class B ships and then there's class C. And I think class C is the highest. Those are like the big mega monster, like Star Wars, like the big destroyer things. I think those are where class C are, like the huge ones. Class B are like the medium ones, and class A are the smaller ships. The ship that I have is probably the biggest class A ship you can have. Uh, but you can upgrade your pilot's license in the in the perks. If you look over on the, I don't know if it's the science or the uh, the combat upgrades or piloting upgrades or something. But if you look where all the ship upgrades are, like the better lasers, better shields, better shit. There's one that says piloting, and you 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 if you buy that perk or whatever, you can uh, upgrade it by uh, killing ships. So the, like it'll say destroy five ships, and then you can put another perk point into it, levels it up to level two, then level three, then level four. Uh, but you just have to destroy ships while fighting in your ship, and then it gives you like once you upgrade it once, now you can unlock like better class A ships, and then once you unlock it again, now you can fly class B ships, and then once you max it out. You can fly the, all types of ships, I guess. So that's what I'm kind of been focused on, focusing on also. And there's also like a another perk that's for like the upgrades of your ship, for like upgrading it and like building ships. Because it's like a, it's called like modular or something like that, where you can get in there and buy that perk, and that perk lets you uh, be able to like modify your ships in terms of. Like how do you, what do you, like if you want to change the interior of it or you want to change like a module from it? If you don't have this perk upgraded, you cannot change certain modules. You can only change like the basic ones, but like you can't change the whole like the in like the middle part. You can change only the outside parts or whatever. Um, so I guess there's like all these different things you have to get into to really be able to get in there and craft these cool ships. I know Ghost Nico got into it. I I just saw a picture of his ship that he built. It looks pretty cool, man. Looks looks pretty dope, uh, and I guess that's really cool to have your own ship because you know that like no one else has that ship, right? Like you built it, you're the one that made it, you're the right. one that 
you're the one that designed it. You're the one that have, knows what's in it and what's on it and what it does. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And, and it's cool. You can see it landing and stuff too. Like, yeah. And you can like walk around it. Yeah. So that's kind of unique. Kind of cool. I, uh, maybe I'll get into it eventually, right? Maybe like I'll keep doing missions and then maybe eventually near the end game, I'll start doing that. Like the whole start getting into your ships and doing. But like, man, I've run into some systems mail that are like level 70 systems. I'm like, what's in that system, bro? That's a level 70. Like, <laughs> like, like, what am I missing? I always wonder, like, what am I missing by not going? Because I'm scared to go in there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Level 70, dude. I'm like, I go in there. I'm going to get fucked up, man. I'm level 20 something. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to fuck around and find out mayo, okay? I'm not about that. <laughs> right. Life, all right. Right. I'm not trying. Like, I ran into this ship, dude. It was level 100, Mayo. Like a big Star Destroyer. Like, it would look like a fucking... It looked like Darth Vader's ship, dude. I'm not even kidding, man. I ran into this thing. It was... I thought my ship was big. This thing was like five times the size of my ship. It probably houses like a thousand people on it or something. And the motherfucker... I looked at the level of it, and it said level 100. I'm like, oh, oh. Like, I wonder how fast this ship can kill me if I decide to attack it. You know what I mean? Like, this thing could probably destroy a planet if it wanted to, I think. It's huge, dude. Scary, man. But yeah, I can't wait to play more Starfield. I fucking love Starfield. I, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm continue to play I with play it. it, and, it and, you know, uh, I may, like I said, I may start over and just kind of get a better grasp on things. But cause I, like I said, I wasn't real far into it. So if you're not far into it, why not, man? Just start yeah. over. And you know what? I ended up switching mail. You will be proud of me. I became a big steamer again. I bought oh. it on the Steam. Yeah. I bought it through CD Keys. It was on sale. And there is a way, mail. So say you want to change later on and buy the Steam version. There is a way to change your save file from the Xbox version to the Steam version. Okay. All you have to do you you do have to download like a Python and you you do have to download like some file converter thing. And you just convert the files over from the Xbox style of saves to the Steam style. And then mm-hmm. you put it into, you have to put it into the Bethesda folder on your Steam right. library. And your start, I think it's your Starfield folder actually on the Steam library. And then it'll be able to read it. And uh, it works just perfectly fine. I nice. literally did it. I did it. it the, the hardest part was having to download Python and figure that out. <laughs> How did we go? Once. Yeah. Once I got that figured out, though, and I, I did the conversion, I put it all in the files exactly how I was told, and boom, like, it was just, I loaded up the game, and my files were all there, and it said, load your save, boom, and it just, you load the save, and it's crazy, it's there, like, it's like, and there's also a way for the people thinking, like, maybe I want to get the Game Pass version for whatever reason. Like, me, I know I bought the Deluxe Edition on Game Pass, so maybe later on down the road when the DLC comes out, I'll want to switch back to the Game Pass version. Mm-hmm. And you can convert the Steam file back to the Xbox using the same method, but just in reverse, kind of. You know reverse, what I mean? So right. you convert it from a Steam save to an Xbox save, and you just you can convert them back and forth. Um, now you do risk like fucking up and losing your files. Like, like, that, a, but like you, can you copy it before you convert it? Oh yeah, you can see you can back it up and copy yeah, it. Yeah, just make a copy of it before you convert it and then convert it. Yeah, so that's what I did, and yeah, I'm playing it on Steam. Which the reason I, I did it on Steam is because I want to be able to mod it easier, and it really is easier. Um, I don't know how the mods work through the Game Pass version. I'm assuming they work the same. 
But like as you said before, the Game Pass for some reason, the way the files save on your PC is different from Steam. So modding the game is the same way, but it's not because Xbox stores their data differently on your mm-hmm. PC. And it's just the way Xbox does it. I don't know if why Microsoft does it that way. I don't know if it's just think it's different. Maybe or to maybe keep people more, from messing with the files and or maybe and maybe it's more it very much. Maybe it's more efficient for them. I don't fucking know why. Bethesda did come out and say that they will support mods on the Xbox mm-hmm. versions, though. They did say, hey, look, one of the other first things we're doing besides DLSS and FOV sliders and HDR calibration and all that is we're also going to add ultra widescreen support. So I'm happy for that, right? Because my screen mm-hmm, would definitely. benefit from it. Uh, but they also said, besides the ultra widescreen, we're going to add mod support for the Game Pass versions of the game and the consoles. So if you have the PC Game Pass or your console, you will be able to download mods via the Bethesda Mod Launcher thing. And Bethesda Mod Launcher is pretty good about supporting all the major mods that are like the big ones, you know? Um, Because the Skyrim one, if you have the Xbox Skyrim edition for the Xbox, it does support mods. And so does Fallout and all those games. They all support the mods, which is Important, and I think Bethesda knows that the mod community keeps their games alive for a long time. So it's kind of smart of them to add this, like, as one of the first things they're adding, you know? Um, So I look forward to seeing what the modding community does with this game, man, because I could see a lot of cool shit happening, you know? Whether it's the round butts and the the whatever, Star Wars. I know there's Star Wars mod. There's, like, a Star Wars mod where, like, it changes, like, people to look like Star Wars people and shit. (laughs) <laughs> like like it changes a lot of shit like it said like something about like some of the planets have like cantinas and shit from star wars in them and, and like weird shit like that i'm like what the fuck there's also a mod for like uh making your ship the like an x-wing like like your spaceship can look like an x-wing or whatever like i'm like oh that's pretty cool um there's different ones out there that, that you can download um you look at the mod list for starfield dude and it's crazy how big it is already i'm like fuck give it Give it the longer the time goes on, the longer right. that list is gonna get, dude. It's just it's insane to me how crazy good these monitors are. And I was wondering to myself if these monitors are just random people that just like to mod, mm-hmm. or if it's if, or if it's like I, other, I think it is. or if it's other game developers that just get bored at home or something. You know, like they're like, oh, uh, I like doing game developing. That's or, or maybe I can like, make this better. Maybe let me see if I can change this. Yeah, like I wonder if it's game developers testing themselves to see if they can make something better that's not theirs, you know? Like, like oh man, I work for EA and all I make is FIFA, but maybe I can mod this game and see if I could do good on it, you know? I would, I would say they're trying to maybe make a name for themselves because they're like, oh, I modded this and fixed this to show you how good of a programmer I am, you know? Yeah, right, that's but, what I was wondering. Like, but then they, you think like, if you're working for EA... You'd be like, yeah. oh, I, I fixed the Bethesda game. <laughs> you know, then EA may be like... Yeah, well, maybe they're trying to get a job at Bethesda and they could just be like, hey... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we're trying to remember, get a job remember, there, yeah. Remember that big-ass mod that came out for your game? I, well, I made that fucking mod, you motherfucker. You know? Like, yeah, hire me. That, yeah, like, that would be like a... You know what? We're giving, we're giving the developers hiring tips here. If you want to get hired by a big company like Bethesda, go mod their game really good. And then say, hey, you remember that mod that came out for this game a while back that was super popular? I made that mod. And they're going to be like, holy fuck, you're the guy that made that? How did you do it? We didn't know how you did it. 
And he'd be like, well, hire me and I'll show you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and now you have a job. <laughs> when your studio shuts down and you get fired because your studio shut down because yeah, right. they, they made a bad game. You just go work at Bethesda. Now, okay. Now you got crunch and then you're like being forced to make stuff faster than you want to. And you're like, oh no, what did I get into? Yeah. Sorry. But uh, that's all I have for Starfield, man. I love the game. I'm enjoying it. There's not a whole lot of bad I could say besides some of the UI stuff and the menu stuff, which I modded some of it. So I don't so really I know, have I know you love this game a lot and you're really enjoying it. And what do you think the chances are it gets game of the year? And not in your opinion, but like everybody's opinion. Because it's got some mixed reviews, you know? And I just, I wonder if, like, Boulder's Gate's going to get it or if, like, Spider-Man's going to come out. I don't think Spider-Man's going to come out and get it because it's not different enough. As great as the game that's going to be, I don't think that's going to be different enough from the other Spider-Mans to, like, get a game of the year. It might be, like, my game of the year or something. I might really enjoy it. But I just feel like it's going to come down to Starfield and Boulder's Gate. And I just almost feel like... I honestly think that it's going to come down to Starfield Baldur's Gate or Hogwarts Legacy. I see. I almost feel like Hogwarts has kind of fallen out of the race. It, it has fallen out of like the most people's eyes, but I still think it's one of the better games that's released this year. In my opinion, it, it definitely like that game was solid as fuck. It was from the get go. Like it really didn't need that many patches to get up and going. I wish I could say the same for Jedi Fallen Order or whatever. Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Oh. Something. What the fuck's it called? Jedi Survivor, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something Jedi, but yeah, whatever. The game you played a lot of. Yeah, that game. Uh, I wish I could say the same for that game, but it's not the case. That game was really mm-hmm. fucked up, and I think it still is. I still see patches for it. Last time I played it, I was having fun with it, but it still runs a little fucked up, so I'm still waiting for more patches, and it's kind of crazy because it's been months and months. I could have just bought that game on sale. Um I don't think Dead Island's going to get it, even though Dead Island was a fun game while I played it. I don't mm-hmm. think it has a niche market or whatever. I think that, uh, I honestly think that Hogwarts Legacy deserves it, in my opinion. As much as I love Starfield, Hogwarts Legacy was an all around better game in terms of how easy it was to get into. The world building, the world itself in it was amazingly detailed for a, st- for like a, for the story of a, of a, like a, the Harry Potter world. Have you ever read, like the books, or just watch the movies. I, I watch a little bit of the, like maybe like the first the, two movies. But. The the world building, you feel like you're in a new world. You feel like you're in in the Hogwarts world. You feel like you're there, dude. You're like, oh, this is it. Like I'm here, man. Like little goblin dudes running around, fucking flying books, moving statues, crazy griffins running around, fucking trolls, fucking the the forbidden forest area, the fucking animals, the fucking it's all cool as fuck. And in that game, I feel like it really almost deserves to win Game of the Year. Um, and now I know that th- this game is out now, and Baldur's Gate 3 is, a, is another one. I don't think Starfield is going to win. I, I there's, just, there's just so many heavy hitters out there. And I just, I don't know. I think Baldur's Gate, think... I hear a lot of like his the openness and it's unique in the aspect of the game that seems to turn anytime. Like I've heard stories of people like, um, what is like the main? You played this game, right? So you, yeah. I have not. Um, the main, I think she's like green girl, like in the main campaign part or something like that. She's female. I can't. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the Gizraki chick. I forget. Her yeah, name what I, I don't. Know, I only seen it like I know her face and stuff. But um, one of the podcasts I was listening to is like they were talking about how they just killed her, like in the beginning yeah. of the game, and they're just running around wearing her armor, like just running around, just showing that okay, I killed her, and and you know you can just totally break the game that way, and that's kind of cool. Like how you just kind of do what you want. And I hear all these stories about people like you know just just random things happen, just coming across these random encounters, and. It almost feels to me like it's something like a new experience for people, and that's why it will become like a game of the year candidate, just because of what they were able to do with technology. You know, like how fast and how open it is. You know, Starfield seems great, and I think it's a fun game, and that has a lot of openness too. But I think when it comes down to the two, I think Baldur's Gate and being on PC and PlayStation, you know, and eventually Xbox, it will. And it's fresh in everybody's mind. That's the thing I worry about Hogwarts is is like it's not fresh in anybody's mind anymore. You know, that's like true. It was so long. It's like, oh, that game came out this year. You know, like, oh, I forgot about Hogwarts. I really think Baldur's Baldur's Three is gonna get it though. I think Hogwarts deserves it. I think Baldur's Three is gonna get it. I I kind of feel like that too. Like, I, the, game knows, is, but... the game is good. I wouldn't say it's better than Starfield. Right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm getting. I like the setting of Starfield better, um, but I also like. Uh, I also like I like Baldur's Gate three. I like. The, I mean, but obviously, like Starfield aspect. has taken you away from Baldur's Gate because you was playing that before, you know. I so was. I know you like Starfield better, but I, but like I still think about Baldur's Gate. That's the thing. Even regardless, I'm playing Starfield. I'm I'm playing Starfield because I want to get through it. I want to experience more of it. Um, Baldur's Gate three, though. I, I have I thought do about too. doing Jesus. Is once I get moved here, I'm moving here in a couple of weeks. You know, like basically this weekend. Um, when I get my internet set up and get everything going to my new place, I'm thinking Jesus about getting GeForce Now and buying Baldur's Gate on Steam, on Steam and using GeForce Now. I found out my LG OLED has the GeForce Now app support, so you like it, right. like how my Samsung TV has the Xbox app. Yeah. So you can like add my Steam library and it will stream all the games. And it's like twenty dollars a month, and it does it at four eighty, a, 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 a Nvidia four eighty graphics yeah. card quality with full ray tracing and everything but it streams it to you and they say it's really good they say there's very low latency so i figured i might give it a shot you know it's it's a month to month thing you know maybe pick up Baldur's gate on steam try to play it on the oled so i can just kind of kick back and relax and you know just play with the controller and stuff like that why not just buy it on your ps5 and see that's what i thought about doing too it's like i could buy it on ps5 as well yeah because so, even if you buy it on your ps5 and you buy it on steam later on your your saves like they uh they're like cross play or whatever mm-hmm. i think i think when i looked at it on ps5 it's more expensive um i think oh, it's yeah. ten dollars ten dollars seventy dollars which, yeah. which isn't a big deal but you know if i could save 10 bucks and why not just get the steam version and then try yeah. gforce now because there's other games on my pc that i would probably enjoy going back through just on, on my oled because of the dark mm-hmm. blacks and the better clarity you know and stuff like that i think it would be nice yeah um so I thought about messing with that just to kind of see, and none of us have really tried it much. So why not give it a shot yeah, and see how it I does? I haven't you know? tried it. I know that it doesn't have Starfield support because I tried it. It doesn't. Yeah. Have, I thought it did. I thought they no, added I don't, it because they added a handful of Xbox titles now. I know when I had when it first came out, I didn't have it, and I tried it, but it worked. <laughs> 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 it was like, no, fuck you. We don't have this game. It was like, okay, uh, okay, I'll try next time. Okay, but uh. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. I, you know, give it a shot, man. I, I think 
Baldur's Gate 3 is an amazing game. I the, the choices in that game, the dialogue is better than Starfield's. Starfield has great dialogue and great storytelling, but it's more like create your own story almost. It's almost like a here's all the pieces, you kind of build a narrative around it. Whereas <laughs> Baldur's Gate is it's a little bit better. The dialogue just seems a little bit better, like voice acted. The characters are more unique. Than yeah, I here's the voice you. acting and the the facial expressions are amazing. In are way Skate. better. Yeah, the your character makes some weird faces in Baldur's Gate, though. Like mm-hmm. your character will make some stupid eyeball, like stupid expressions. Oh, maybe they've been watching Bethesda, have they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make like some stupid, like like when your character tries to look confused or like like intrigued by something like his eyeballs would be a little weird uh but i would suggest try to uh what the fuck's going on but try to uh i would suggest kind of play Baldur's Gate 3 but you might like it more than starfield yeah so i'm not sure because i have you know i can't play starfield on game pass so i just thought about picking up Baldur's Gate and just seeing which one i like more so yeah and it is starfield is now on geforce now okay so i just but uh but yeah, I really want to uh, see, see what I don't know about what's going to happen with the game of the year. I, like I said, I don't think I definitely know that Spider Man won't get it. I know that Zelda is not going to get it. And if Zelda gets it, I think it's bullshit. Because I honestly think that Hogwarts and Starfield and Baldur's Gate are way better games than that. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I haven't played Zelda, but from what I hear, it's a lot like the first one with better crafting and better stuff like that. I just want to see somebody else get it. And I kind of, I want Baldur's Gate to get it. I want Hogwarts to get it, but I kind of also want Baldur's Gate to get it over Starfield. Uh, just because I feel like they deserve the praise for what they did with that game. You know what I mean? Like, they really, that team, Alarian Studios, they really just said, you know what? We're going to make a badass game. We're going to make it good, and we're going to fucking do our best to do it to justice, you know? And they really did a good fucking job with it. Like, hands down, that team over at Larian Studios are an incredible team, and they deserve all the praise that they get for that game. And um, I see it being Game of the Year. I mean, we, we know it's going to win some awards of some form. but Oh, it'll probably win Best Narrative or some t- or maybe Hogwarts will win, like, Best Narrative. They'll probably throw uh, a bone at all these kind of games here, I got a feeling. You know, like, they're yeah. not going to leave one of them out. Like, Hogwarts may get, like... I don't know, best, best screen, screenplay or something. Best or, world, best world or whatever, something like that, right? Like best, uh, what is it? Best world building or something. Best or, world immersion or whatever. Because that world, like I said, I haven't played a game like Hogwarts. That, like even Baldur's Gate doesn't feel as immersive almost as Hogwarts. Hogwarts, you feel like you're there, dude. You feel like you're in a yeah. Harry Potter fucking movie, man. Like you're there. And it doesn't really have to, it did, I mean, I wouldn't say it doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter because it's the same world, but like literally Harry Potter is not in this world at all. Like he's not right. even alive yet, dude. He's not alive for another 150 years or 200 years or whatever, you know, like, like, like Hogwarts Legacy is based on like the 1800s, dude. Like it's old as fuck, you know, like, but it doesn't feel that way because once you're in the wizard world, everything seems like Harry Potter, you know? So, <laughs> right. That's the difference, but I really want to see what happens with uh, these games. Uh, what about what about throwing a wrench in things? And this is like I don't see it again, game of the year maybe. But do you think the new Mario game is going to get any attention? 
because it's so like it's a typical side scrolling Mario, but we haven't seen a Mario in a while, really. The side scrolling, and then adding that whole badge system with all these new power ups, and they've added a lot to this game. When is it coming out? Uh, October twentieth, I think. Mm-hmm. So that that's coming out this year, and it has you know like these new abilities, like these. You know, like in Death Stranding, how you had the assisting with like the ladders and all that stuff, and you could leave something behind, right? Yeah. It has something like that for when people mm-hmm. die, you can like leave assist and people can like vote vote on it and stuff. It has like a multiplayer ac- online aspect of it. But then it has like a, an online play, which is kind of, you know, like Nintendo's online isn't the greatest, you know, but you can play with random people. And when you die, you turn into a ghost and they can like revive you and stuff. And you don't have that dumb bubble anymore like you did in the last Mario. And then they have all these new abilities. And then they had the, that whole, it's a whole new kingdom. It's like a flower kingdom, not the mushroom kingdom. And it's like when you hit like the one wonder flower, I think it is, the game completely changes. And then sometimes it's like a top-down view. Sometimes you become like a Goomba or something like that. And there's all these different scenarios they kind of throw out there. So they're really changing it up for a Mario game. Like they, I feel like they put a lot of work into it. I don't know if it's going to get any praise or not. Oh, I'm sure it will, especially being like innovative for a Mario game. I think it's so. They're doing these things, like I said. They have a badge system where you can go back in, and there's like a you know how on Mario you had like the little top down map, and you would go from square to square, and you'd play that level. There's a there's an area I guess you can walk around freeform, and there's like these different maps on there, and you have to unlock them with stars that you get. But when you unlock them, you go through these levels, and when you beat the level, it gives Mm. you a badge, and you can use these badges on other levels you'll get like a badge where like any of your characters you're using can jump higher. They have like a super jump or there's a badge where you get like, if you fall off a cliff, it bounces you back up. It's a one-time save for that level. There's a badge where you can, um, I'm trying to think what else there was. There's, there's a couple other ones. You like get all these perks that will work for your levels. I think there's one where you can like make, Oh, what was it? Oh, I know. I was thinking about one of the power-ups too. There's a power-up where you can make bubbles now. And you can jump yeah. off these bubbles to get to like new le- levels and hidden areas. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of hidden stuff in the background, so you can be able to do random bubbles and hop up the like ledges you weren't able to get to. You know the old school Mario tricks. You know, like yeah, like I feel like a lot of that stuff is going to be present, and it just I think it's going to be a pretty good game when it comes out because they know how to make a sky scroller. You know, the last couple of Mario's have been pretty good, and I think it'll definitely get some kind of praise. But I don't know if it can be game of the year type stuff, but. That'd be interesting if that just kind of comes in and everybody likes it and it gets all these awards, you know. But it does have that Nintendo juice. Yep, does. Yeah. It's the Nintendo juice, man. Fucking, uh, there's also a new OLED coming out, the red one. Mm-hmm. The Mario yeah. Red Edition. Yeah, yeah, It has like a Mario logo on the corner and there's some hidden coins on the back when you open it, Jesus. Oh, hidden coins. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a little decoration. Wow. But yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm 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 actually probably gonna pick it up because I've enjoyed the last Mario, whatever I can't remember what it was called now, but uh, the last side-scrolling one like that. Yeah. It also has a thing where you can like have a person be Yoshi and you can ride them, so you can have somebody that's like a bad player or whatever, and they can jump on your back and Yoshi can control you mm-hmm. through the through the level. It, mm. it looks pretty interesting. But uh, other than that, I mean that's that's all I have to say about Starfield. I fucking love the game. Yeah, I can't I wait can to tell. play more. Every time that you that I play it, the more I put into it, the more I get out of it. It almost seems like like the longer you play, the more you end up discovering little by little. And the game doesn't really do a good job of holding your hand through it. It kind of just lets you do whatever you want. Once we really, once you meet the constellation people, and the kinds let you do whatever. I don't like how judgy the, the constellation people are. Like if I murder someone, 
they kind of get all mad at me. Mm-hmm. And I have to talk them down. I have to legit go and talk to them and try to persuade them to not leave, right? I've had to do that with that Andresia chick like two times now where I've killed people. And she gets all fucking mad. I'm leaving. And I'm like, calm down. Calm down, Andresia. And then I always bring up the fact that when I first met her, she was like standing over a dead body like someone she just thought. And I'm like, what about that time I met you and you had just killed someone? And she's like, I told you. She's like, I told you to not bring that up. And I'm like, well, guess what? I'm bringing it up, motherfucker. Again. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing it up right now again. Like, fuck you, Andresia. You're judging me for murdering this guy. He was a bad guy. I just killed him when he had no guns in his hand. And you are trying to judge me for that when you're over there murdering people, too. And she was like, oh, fuck. And then... And then you have to persuade them. I don't like the persuasion system either in the game. Like, it's kind of like weird. Like the whole persuasion where like the little bars pop up and how many bars you need to fill up to persuade somebody. But then like, like it kind of tries to tell you how easy something is to persuade or not. And sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it doesn't. I feel like, I don't know how random that is or how it's based because there's been times where I've been able to do it pretty easily. And there's times where I've struggled with it. Like I'll, I have to reload a save because I want to really persuade this person. So I'll reload a save right before I talk to them again and try to persuade them. And it'll actually work the second time. And I'm like, how the fuck did it not work the first time? But <laughs> yeah, now all of a sudden, so it's just it maybe a random. Time. Yeah. So I don't know how they do that, like how that is calculated in terms of your persuasion. But it, that's the way I do it. I don't know. It's, it's worked out for me so far, I guess. But yeah, anyways, let's move on now, Mayo. Some other stuff. I don't know if you've been playing other games. Yeah. I mean, I, most of my time has been Starfield and this other game. I did dabble with some other stuff here um, since I've been gone, you know, playing a little bit of, played some old games, played a old uh, Dungeon Defenders, had a, uh, had a, uh, an update and the game's like, like 10 years old and they come out with just like a random DLC character in that game. I'm like, what the heck out of like nowhere? They just uh, like, Hey, we're just going to throw this extra character, character out here and we're going to continue to support this game. And I'm like, oh, okay. So definitely, ju- I jump back in, just check it out. My my son ended up purchasing the character. I was able to play through his account, just to see what the abilities were and stuff like that. And I I have sunk in so many hours into Dungeon Defenders. I think it's one of my top three games in Steam. But like, I've just had so much time in it. I don't really feel like playing it anymore. It's one of those games that's kind of like been there, done that. Okay, I've seen this level. I've seen that level. I've seen all this stuff. So I really don't spend as much time in it as I should. But um. The biggest thing I've been playing has been I jumped in Forza or not Forza. I jumped in the Crew Motorsport. They had a demo out for it, and the game kind of intrigued me. I, I seen it at first, and I'm like, okay, it looks really good. The cars look pretty cool. So then I started looking into it more, and the more and more I started watching it, the more and more it reminded me of Forza Horizon. I'm like, man, they almost just like I did a complete like knockoff of forza horizon like it has like the big intros at the beginning you're doing a festivity on some random you know area in this case it's hawaii you know they didn't do a whole continent or they didn't do like mexico you know like like the last horizon was they did they take hawaii and it, and then it made a really pretty background it made really good graphics and the games look great and so i just was youtubing it and looking into it and looking into it and i'm like it looks pretty good but why why would I play this game when I could play Forza Horizon 5 on Game Pass? And why would, why would I buy this game? Why would I pay $70 for this when I could probably play what looks to me the better version on Game Pass, which is Forza Horizon? 
And so I started looking more, and then they started talking about like how on the crew you have the ability for airplanes and boats. And then all the reviews were saying, like, hey, this game, the, the game, the driving is amazing. Like the racing part of the games are really good. But when you start getting into the airplanes and the boats, they don't really handle as well. And the game doesn't shine nearly as well with it when you start going to the the boats and the airplanes. Now, being like a typical crew game, I'm like, okay, you know, you can switch back and forth. But I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not sold on this game again. But as it, as it you know, like uh, one night I was on Facebook, I'm looking at my Facebook, and you know how it looks at your, your, your searching history or whatever. Next thing I see like a an ad on for, for you know the crew and stuff and i'm like okay you know it makes me think about it again well then i found a real jesus of somebody playing the the new crew game on ps5 and he's holding the controller close to the re- microphone on his reel and every time he shifts it has a little blow-off noise coming out of the controller from the turbo he's in a skyline and i was like oh that's really cool and then they were like, oh, yeah, well, it has this, this, and this, and this, too, in the PS5 version, where all, all the audio is coming out of the controller. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, interesting. You know, like, that, that's how it's different from Forza. You know, like, Forza, I'm looking at Forza going, why Why would I play the crew when I could play Forza? And it's probably the better, more polished game. And the crew is probably going to go on sale. Why would I buy it now? You know, down the road, all the crew games always do. You know, and I'm like, I ain't going to mess with it. So I started looking at the comments on this reel about, about the crew and how about the sound effects that come through the controller in that video. And everybody's like, Hey, you know, there's like a five hour fee trial right now for like the next couple of days. Hmm. I'm like, huh, I wonder if there, it's in there. Like it's on, on PlayStation. So I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. So I go home and, uh, cause I was out at the time when I saw it. And I, so I look it up and sure enough, there's a, there's like a five hour demo you can play right now, right now yeah. on PS5. Yeah. So it is only going for a couple of days. So Jesus, if you want to check this out, you probably only have until like tomorrow or so, I think. Okay. But so I'm like, okay, okay. So I download it in the PS5. I jump on it and I start playing it. And I was like, holy smokes, the audio coming out of the controller is so good, Jesus. It's really loud, but it has like the, like the, maybe like the most like, uh, like the V8 cars. When you kind of start letting off the gas, it kind of looks like a, like a burble, kind of like a, like a sound effect that comes out of the controllers. And it's kind of like a crackle and you're like, Oh, that's really cool. And then it has the turbo noises coming out of the controller. Then when you're going over like wood and stuff, there's like a sound effect that comes from going over that different terrain coming out of the controller, not through the TV. I'm oh. like, this is pretty badass. And then it has the adaptive triggers where you can feel like the, the rumble, like in the trigger a little bit yeah. and you can feel that adjustment. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of getting me hooked. But I tell you, once again, once again, that PS5 dual sense controller coming through, man. I'm telling you, the for the PS5, that is the most innovative fucking thing out of it. Like, uh, that I I love that controller, dude. Why doesn't Xbox do this? Why doesn't Xbox do this with audio? Because the Switch, if you remember, like the Switch has audio in it, and the Switch has like the the 3D rumble. Didn't the Wii have it in it originally? The Wii had it, yeah, and. and the Switch has like the the haptic, almost like the haptic feedback. Where like yeah, it has like that, I remember like the Mario Party rumble. games or whatever. You could feel the marbles shaking around in it. You yeah, know, you feel the difference. But so but why anyways, does Xbox doesn't do it. Yeah, it's like why? So that's the one thing that's different about this game over the Xbox. You know, Forza Horizon, where I could just play that on Game Pass. So I'm like, okay, this might be a reason to buy it. So I kept playing it. And I started getting into it. Then, like in Forza Horizon, there's a, like a, the Donut Media series. There's like the a, a, a campaign in forza horizon 
where they have like a couple of Nissan 350Zs and they call them high and low and they make one in Forza and they call it mid. And they're like, oh, you have to design mid and you do all these things in this. In this game, they also have a donut media crew and they have like a whole quest line you go in there. And like, and it has the guy talking. It has like a cut scene in between. And he's like, yeah, we, we, we're going to answer this age old question, which is better, the Camaro or the Mustang? We're taking the GT500 versus the oh. Z01 Camaro. And it's just this whole cameo. So they, have you do, so they have you do like a little challenge between the and two so cars? And so they make you do a one on one race. And you pick your car. You're like, you pick the Camaro or you pick the Mustang. You know, and then you do this race and you win. Then you go on and do another challenge. Well, this next challenge I get. You, you picked the Mustang, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the better car now, you picked that Mustang, right? Maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll plead the pith, right? <laughs> but, but getting into this game, Jesus, it has some cool stuff. Like the next one I went to was a challenge, and you're driving a Ford Raptor truck, okay. and it's a very tight oval course and it has like some tur- curves and turns well they're like oops we disabled the brakes and your cruise control oh. is locked at a speed so you can't slow down and you're going through against a shadow and there's cones along the edge of the track you can't hit them every time you hit a cone you lose time oh fuck and so you have to go and make five laps but after each lap your truck goes faster it gets like the first time you're going like 20 mile an hour and it's tight it's like and even then they're talking to you and taunting you the whole time. They're like, oh, you think you need a smaller vehicle? Or if you start hitting cones, they start giving you crap. He's like making fun of you and stuff. And they're yeah. like, oh, maybe we should give you like a, an Escort or something or a Prius, you know, yeah. and stuff. But but as you go through it, each lap you get faster and faster. And you have to try to avoid so many cones by the end of the thing. But they have these different modes. And so that was kind of cool. It's just the boating and the airplane mode and everything I hear about is not that good. But I have not had to have an experience yet, and I'm like three hours into the campaign on this game now. But the one thing I did find myself struggling with on the on the PlayStation, and this is something I don't know if it's just me or not, Jesus. It's yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's not like me. The on the PlayStation controller, the analog stick feels a little more loose, and the cars feel more floaty. And so I'm like. I just feel like like they don't control as well as they do in, in Horizon. And maybe it's because I'm just really used to always playing Horizon with an Xbox controller. That's pretty much what I've done. You know, I haven't had a PS5 real long. I'm not used to the controller. But to me, the cars felt kind of floaty. And I would struggle a little bit, and I wasn't doing as well. And I felt more comfortable playing a racing game on the Xbox controller. So then I got to thinking, well, I'm like, when I, when I installed the demo, it had me log into my Ubisoft account. So... I went to my PC and went to my Ubisoft account and sure enough, Jesus, it's on PC. And so I was able to download it and install it and it let me continue off at cross save. So my, my timer was continuing where I was at in my five hour trial and I still had like three hours to play. So then I was able to jump in on PC and play with my Xbox controller because I have my Xbox controller synced to my PC. And it, it wasn't felt, as good. It felt better. I think I, th- I feel oh, like I the Xbox controller controls better but it doesn't have the cool sound effects. Like it felt tighter and it felt like it controlled better. Man. But I also don't know if it's because I'm playing it. Um, well, no, actually it wouldn't, wouldn't matter because this one thing I did see about this game I did not like was mm. it's locked at 60 frames wow. on PC. I'm well, like, who, who locks a PC game, especially a racing game at 60 I frames think Baldur's, on PC? I think Baldur's Gate is also locked, isn't it? Yeah, but that's a, I mean, this is a racing game. It's like sure a one game. It's like, a, it's like game. having a first-person shooter being locked at 60. And yeah. it gave me the option of 60 or 30. Like, and it wouldn't let you unlock the frame rate. I'm like, come on, really? I mean, 
this is like, don't you know, worry, Mayo. There'll be a mod for it. Don't worry. But Ubisoft, you know, Ubisoft was over there doing their thing, you know. And being a Ubisoft game, and here's the other complaint I have about this game over top of Forza. Forza, you know, again, Game Pass game, lots of mm. stuff to play, lots of tracks, lots of cars. In the crew with Motorfest, there's a lot of DLC that you got to pay for. They, they, they're throwing out a bunch of $70 game, Jesus. And you get in there. Already? Right away, you, already DLC? Yes, you get in there and there's a store page. And it's not DLC like content. It's all cosmetics. Okay. Oh, but, it's cosmetics. Yes. So we're going, typically Ubisoft and EA fashion here, right? So it has a store and it's throwing the store at you. And across the top of the store, they're showing all these cool car skins. There's like different underglow kits you can put on your car that have logos and all this other stuff. But you got to pay real money for them, Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of so lame. You're like, okay, if you really like it, okay, pay more. But really, you, you buy this game for seventy dollars, and you're gonna, make, you know, yeah, you can. The it has the whole infamous two credit systems where you have game currency and then you have real money currency. Oh, man. and you're like, that's oh, stupid come shit. On, like, you know? come on. And then they throw in your upgrades and your unlocks for your cars. You know, like where Forza, you would you would drive the car so much you had like a little badge system you could upgrade, and then when you got, um, I think so much racing, and you started getting just different, different tiers. You know, you could unlock yeah. the cars. This game, you have to unlock cards that give you random whatever perks, upgrades to your car. Like as you, when you level up, like I hit level two, congratulations! Here's three cards. It's like a card pack, and it's like it's you get you get an uncommon suspension. You got a rare tire. You got a uncommon engine ECU upgrade. So I'm like, all what? right. So, so then you go to your car and you can equip these different ones. It'll be like uncommon, common, rare. And it has like a power rating beside it, like almost like uh, something like Destiny would have, where it's yeah. like uh, you can see your overall rating and then when you what your car would be with that new piece equipped. And that's that's the upgrade system. So it's And, and then, of course, Jesus, you can buy packs of these cards with real money, Jesus. Oh man, no, come so on! Man. You want to spend some real money and get some cards? Jesus, no, car nobody faster? wants. Nobody wants to do that. So that's that's kind of a downer, you know. Um, and you can do things with the in-game currency, like cars. I wanted a Camaro. Jesus, can you imagine that? I wanted a Camaro in this game. Yeah, right? oh, wow. So I, I go to the I go to the auto. What a surprise! Place, you know, and I go down and I find this Chevy Camaro. And there's a lot of Camaros. And there's cool cars in here too. Like they. They went above and beyond in their cars list. So I was kind of happy with that. Like, I've seen so many of these cars in Forza Horizon. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, it's this car again. It's this car again. They have like this Chevy Impala. They have like an old Chevy Impala on there. They have like an old 70s Camaro. They have like all these. And then they're like modded versions of those cars. You know, they're like muscle car looking yeah. ones, not the factory original. Okay. So they look cool. But you can buy them with in game credit or you can buy them now with real money. You know, uh -huh. like, so again, and, and and I played maybe like three hours in the campaign so far of this trial, and I just got to where I could afford a Camaro Z01 in the game, one car, and that would have been like all my credits after like three hours of playing. Wow. Or 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 I could have spent I think five dollars and bought the car. So yeah, I feel like it's almost like that. Oh, you got to play a whole bunch. Yeah, you can a get dollar? the car. I could see if it was like a dollar for the car. Right. Maybe something like small. But like five dollars, anything more than a dollar is too much. Yeah. and I don't know if that's maybe maybe it could be a dollar, but you had to buy points, and I think the smallest was four ninety nine, then nine ninety nine, uh, 
than twenty nine ninety nine, and it's a group uh, of coins. Do the Call of Duty bullshit where they're making you pay forty dollars for a fucking pack, and you may only need this many points of real yeah. money, and you don't and have to use the whole pack. And then, and, then, and then yeah, then you're gonna be offset. It's always gonna be like a weird number left over, right? So, so you gotta buy. Yeah, so oh, you I need more. more. I need a, a couple yeah. shy. So, so as good as this game is, and the audio is amazing, like like it, the sound coming out of the controller is really good. Would you recommend someone that wants to just play an arcade racer to play this or to play Forza through the Game Pass? Because I know the new Forza Motorsports coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a simulation, though. You know this where this is more arcade. Truly uh, right. Need well, for speed. Would you recommend this is more like Horizon? Would you recommend this or Horizon? I would still recommend Horizon, just because of the cost of Game Pass. The fun Horizon has a ton of stuff in there. No real, there is stuff you can buy. There is some car yeah. packs and some map packs and treasure packs or whatever you can buy, but it's not as, as egregious as like Ubisoft is doing in this game. On top of that, the airplane and the boat part of it, I have heard and I've not gotten experience that yet, yeah. is not that good. Oh. Uh, I've seen people racing this a game when they were streaming it. Like I watched some streams and there's a part where you're supposed to like go through this river and the guy purposely was driving the car on the edge of the river. So he wouldn't have to turn into a boat, you know, like he just yeah. didn't even want to turn into the boat, you know, like, so it just, it seems to me like, uh, the boat and, and plane mechanics aren't mm-hmm. that great yet, but the cars are great. And the audio is great. Like the cars really do sound like really cool V eights. Like they do have that V eight rumble to them and stuff. They have a, that crackle as they slow down. And, and I was really impressed with that audio and the audio coming out of the controller. But if I, me, like I had the option between Forza horizon and this, um, I would, I would just play Forza horizon. I mean, it's still, yeah. this is new and unique and it's got some new challenges. And I could say maybe if you're a PS5 owner and you have not gotten to play Forza Horizon, you're really going to like this game. You know, mm-hmm. as much as uh, we experienced, you know, Forza Horizon for us, like number three was for me. Like this game is really great. I, like, I enjoyed the heck out of it and it became like my favorite racing series. I feel like this can become that for PS5 owners that can't get to Forza Horizon. But if you have the option, I would just stick to Forza, even though it doesn't have as good as audio, you know, and... It doesn't have the audio coming out of the controller. It's just yeah. a way more flushed out, way more solid game than what the Ubisoft, you know, the Crew Motorfest is, unfortunately. And the fact of the whole, you know, trying to get you to spend money all the time and, and taking forever to earn points. But I am enjoying the demo of it. You know, like I said, it's a five hour demo. Jesus, check it out because the audio coming out of the controller was really cool. I was, nice. I was really impressed. It's loud too. Um, the girlfriend was over and she was sleeping on the couch beside me and I was afraid I was going to wake her up. It was so loud because it makes all this noise. Like if you get off road, it makes all like stuff hitting it or a car runs into you. There's like, there's like clanking noises coming out of the controller. Um, when you're going over wood, it makes like a thumping noise as you're going over it with the vibration and stuff. So it's really cool besides just the fact that it has the, the crackling of the exhaust and and the, the blow up valve of a turbo when you're driving the turbo and stuff like that. And then the audio is a, the effects change as well by what view you're in. Like when you're in the car view, it has more of an effect than, you know, you hear more of the in the yeah. car stuff than you do here if you're outside of the car view. But, hmm. but nice. I would say, yeah, if you're a PS5 owner, I would say it's probably a pretty good pickup and you're probably going to really enjoy it. But if you have access to the Xbox and a Game Pass, I would I would just stick with Forza Horizon and play that a Game Pass because it's every, if not better, you know, 
It's just yeah. the other the other, the other game has got some new new mechanics and some new twists. I just wish they would add that that better audio in the Xbox version, and maybe come out with a controller that had some sound in it. It'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That might not happen for a while. But I mean, could, couldn't they just do that? Couldn't they just be like, "Hey, we're going to make an Elite Three, and we're going to put a speaker in it." They could, and then just start programming games for it. They'd probably make yeah. it sell them more than what they sell their elites now. Yeah, they could. But um, that's 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 pretty much it for me. Like I just pretty much sank all my time into that. Nice. Yeah, I was looking at the trial. The trial was over yesterday. Oh, so we I played it last night some, so I wonder it must have ended It must have ended this morning. Anyways, let's go move on now to news time. Our news mail machine. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I did that pretty good, didn't I? That sounded just like Gunny there. Yeah, that's actually really good. Good job there, Mayo. <laughs> that, that AI is starting to pay off again. Video game voice actors may go on strike as their union has authorized a vote. Uh-oh. Actors union SAG-AFTRA has been striking for a new film and TV contract for weeks now after joining the Writers Guild of America strike, which began back in May. The strike may soon now extend to video game voice actors, as the union's board has sent a vote to all members ahead of an upcoming negotiation. The union announced the vote on its official website in preparation for what the Post calls forthcoming bargaining deal or dates with signatory video game companies. The previous contract was extended nearly a year ago, according to SAG-AFTRA, and new negotiators are set to begin on September 26th. Uh, The signatory video game companies cited in the SAG-AFTRA posts are as follows. All Activision Productions, Inc., Blindlight, LLC, Disney Character Voices, Inc., Electronic Arts Productions, Incorporated, Epic Games, Inc., Formosa Interactive LLC, Insomniac Games Inc., Take Two Productions Inc., Voice Works Productions Inc., and Warner Brothers Games Inc. Um, so, I mean, this is uh, they want uh, rate increases as film and TV actors, job protections from AI computer generated voices. And a mandatory five-minute-per-hour risk period for on-camera performance capture actors. Uh, so there's that. Those are some of the terms that SAG after is going after. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, you know, one thing that I've <laughs> no, I, I was talking to you about this before the show started, Mayo. Is I think I've noticed people are realizing unions are actually have more pull than people think they do. And I think for a long time now, unions have been kind of like, you know, just letting companies do whatever. And I think now union workers are realizing, you know what? Hey, fuck you, corporation. We want what we want. Did you give it to us? Mm-hmm. Or else we just won't work. Well, like you were saying, <laughs> like there's an example has been set. Like they've yeah. seen some other contracts recently. It's made some news and like, hey. Yeah. You look at the UPS contract. That's yeah. a big one, you know. Right now, the the UAW workers or whatever they're uh, they're all on strike, and then Canada is about to go on strike for their Ford workers, and the the 
the voice actors have been on strike. The isn't like the screenwriters guild from yeah, the screenwriters guild is on strike, and now this is going to go on strike possibly. Like I think unions are realizing we got a lot more pool than these guys think we do, or it could just be because election years are coming up next year. Mail could just be that. (laughs) 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 Who the fuck knows, right? Or yeah. yeah. Anyways, we'll see what happens with all this stuff. Uh, Hopefully these uh. These these workers get what they want, and they get compensated correctly and fairly, and they get back to work, and everything goes good. You know, I can't say much. I'm a union worker myself, and I think we all be, are. To be quite honest, Gunny, I enjoy it. And Mayo, I enjoy it. I enjoy being a union worker. <laughs> I wasn't one before, but now that I am one, I'm like, this is actually pretty legit. It's pretty nice. Teamsters, teamsters for life. <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's the AI talking. Wow, look at that. We have an AI talking in the, chat, in the show. Anyways, move on to some news now. Starfield news, Mayo. Okay. Starfield is now the fifth, the fifth Mayo biggest game launch in Europe this year so far. And that's without any Game Pass information. <laughs> that's right. Starfield was comfortably... Number one across Europe during this launch week, the Xbox game, which is also on PC, became the fastest selling new IP of this year and the fifth fastest selling game of the year overall. Its launch sales are way ahead of Final Fantasy 16 and Resident Evil 4, but they are still behind mm. Hogwarts Legacy, Diablo 4, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And even still behind Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The data isn't quite like for like, though, as Starfield was technically available a week earlier for those who purchased the premium edition. So, had a few extra days of sales. Starfield was also a day one Xbox Game Pass release, and that data is not included in these sales numbers. The game just about comes ahead of Forza Horizon 5, as the biggest Xbox launch this generation across Europe. Elsewhere, digital deals on Titanfall 2 and Need for Speed, Heat propelled both games back into the top 10. Titanfall 2 has seen some bug fixes from developer Respawn over this last week. So as we stand, Mayo, for the best-selling top 10 digital games on the physical, ending on September 10th was number one, Starfield, Number two, NBA 2K23. That one surprises me. Number three, this is going to surprise you more, Titanfall 2. Right. Number four, GTA 5. Number five, that one does Red not. De- that one's always there. Yeah. Number <laughs> five, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number six, Need for Speed Heat. Number seven, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Number eight, Hogwarts Legacy Mayo. Still up there. Number eight. The fighting, yep. Number nine, FIFA 23. And number 10, Sid Meier's Civilization 6. That one surprises me, too. Like, Sip 6. I haven't heard that mentioned in a while. A lot of people didn't even like that one. Like, they liked yeah. 5 better. Maybe it's on sale or something. Yeah, maybe. According to week one sales, the positions of these are as follows. For week one, Hogwarts Legacy was at number one. Diablo 4 came in at number two for their launch week. Dungeon of Zelda came in at number three. Star Wars Jedi Survivor came in at number four. Starfield has come in at number five now. Resident Evil 4 has been at number six at their launch week. Number seven was Final Fantasy 16th. 
Number eight, surprisingly, Forza or F123, not Forza one, <laughs> Formula 123 <laughs> yeah. uh, was a number eight on their launch week. Uh, Dead Island 2 was number nine on their launch week, and NBA 2K23 was number 10 on their launch week. Uh, so this is pretty good for, for uh, Starfield. I completely forgot about Diablo for Game of the Year, but I definitely don't think it's going to be up there. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. I think it's the community's falling off a lot, too, I think. I, I think some of them were unhappy with some of the season stuff, and like they just kind of fell off a little bit. And yeah. other news, Mayo, Marvel Spider-Man 2 is coming later next month. That's right, Mayo. Are you ready, yes, Mayo? right around the corner. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a busy month for me. Is I'm it? going on vacation for like two weeks, and I come back and like Spider Man is gonna be out, and Ma- the new Mario game is gonna be out, and I'm gonna be trying to play a little bit of Starfield. Well, let me tell you, on October 20th, clear your calendar, mail, because Mario and Spider Man are both coming that day. Spider Man, okay. No matter what edition of the title you purchase, there is no benefit of early access involved, mail. So there's no. Oh, buy the premium edition like Starfield and get it two days early. Yeah, get three days early, guys. And on that bullshit, Sony's being fair to everyone. Sony is the people's well, console. Right, they they care about their people, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they would never do anything like, like that make us pay early for yeah. a game to get early access to it. I like that greedy Phil on his Xbox. Here, pay us oh, 30 extra yeah. dollars for, uh, for a couple of days early. Yeah. And then be like, Gunny and not have time to play it. Yeah. Fucking dicks over at Xbox. Oh, man. Anyway, as a new report, the director of core tech at Insomniac, Mike Fitzgerald, has let out something fairly interesting and confidence-inducing at the same time. Mike says that no graphics mode mayo, none, in Marvel Spider-Man 2 will have the ray tracing functionality turned off. That's right. All right? Let me tell you something. Okay, they're ready. They're here. They got the core tech. Mike says, and he's confirmed that none of the modes on the graphics settings for Spider-Man 2 on the PS5 will have the ray tracing feature turned off. Right? The folks over at Insomniac want players to enjoy their best work yet in the best possible game. Or the best possible way, I mean. With no room for compromise, Mayo. Mike Fitzgerald says that the studio has really gotten a hold of how to portray the visuals of Spider-Man accurately, okay? And -hmm. therefore, would have it perfect if everyone got to perceive the game and its true potential. So, with that being said, okay, okay. So, Mike commented on the graphics mode of Miles Morales in the following manner, consolidating his views on Marvel Spider-Man 2. So, he said, so I think, I want to say for those titles, we had fidelity mode which had the full 4K and ray trace reflections. And then we had performance mode, which turned the ray tracing off and rendered at a lower resolution. And then we were able to add, I think, around launch, if not just after, the performance ray tracing mode, as we called it, which was trying to be the best of both worlds. And for this game, we really were able to deliver that as a baseline for the performance mode. There is no mode of this game that has the ray tracing turned off, there's no need for it. We've really figured out how to deliver what we feel like is the right Spider-Man visuals, and we want to make sure every player is seeing that. So that's right. So, says here in addition, the focus is going to be pretty heavy on character models and their faces in this sequel, where oftentimes you will be able to read the expressions of the in-game characters 
even when there's not a lot of talking going on between them. Mike emphasized this and said that there are times in Spider-Man 2 when the Insomniac team had to optimize five to six characters simultaneously on screen all at the same time. So, we're scanning faces with more fidelity and we built out more of our processing pipelines to handle that in more detail. Certainly our models are more dense than they have been in the past. And there's some scenes in this game that have four, five, or six main characters on the screen at the same time, male. Wow. Okay? Same, same time? time? Same time. Same time. Yes. Yes. Listen, the map, the map size is twice as big as the previous title. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right? And now you're able to glide around the skies with your web wings. Okay? You're able to fly around. Like and... A- like a wingsuit almost. Yeah, it's like a wingsuit, right? Yeah, and now it's been confirmed that the game will feature multiple FPS modes, Mail. Okay, listen, Mail. You can have 30, Mail. Okay, you can have your Who 30. Wants 30? I want 40, Jesus. You can have 40. Why, why, yes. Why, why can't you? Why, why don't they give us 40? You never see 40 as an option. Why is it always 30? No, no, guess 60? what? 40 is an option in this one, Mail. They listened to you. Oh, yeah. They heard you, they listened, and they said, you know what? 40 is now an option. Sony listens, see? They're like, oh, you don't like 30? Maybe maybe you'll like 40. They care about their gamers. Listen, or if you don't want 40 and you want to go higher, you can go 60. They don't care. Well, yeah, of course course they go 60, Jesus. PlayStation almost always. They they want their 60. Listen, listen. They're showing the true power of the powerful PS5, okay? The true power here. With no ray tracing turned off ever, Mayo, ever. They're saying, hey, you want 60? All right. No ray tracing turned off for you ever. 60 is always. Ray tracing is there, Mayo. You get it on everything, Mayo. And you get VRR support. I think it goes up to 120 with VRR. So there's all that. Oh, man. This game is going to be amazing. Amazing. Best game ever. Best Spider-Man ever. Fucking hobo Xbox could never do this. They wouldn't be able to do it. The, the Xbox would blow up. It wouldn't be able to handle 40. It would be locked at 30. Yeah, it'd be locked at 30 without ray tracing. Yeah. If you wanted ray tracing, you have to drop it down to 15 or something. That's what it would be like. Fucking hobo Xbox. All right. One of some more news. Okay. More news. Let's go to more news mail. Okay. Yeah. Unity and there another move that that I think this is oh, isn't it owned by Ubisoft? Isn't Unity a Ubisoft? Uh, thing? I can't remember if that's Ubisoft's engine or not. I, I will verify here real quick while you're going. Maybe. I know they I know use it, but I don't. I'm curious. They use if they it own a lot. It. They use it a lot, don't they? But I don't know. Maybe they don't own it, but they I know they use it quite a bit for a lot of their games. Anyways, Unity. Okay. Okay. They reportedly told Dev. <laughs> Planned Parenthood and Children's Hospitals are not valid charities, is what they told the developer. Developers of indie puzzle game Organizer have claimed that the Unity said organizations like Planned Parenthood are not valid charities and are instead political groups. In a blog post, the EU-based developer Lizard Factory said the plans to charge developers up to $0.20 per install if they reach a certain threshold would cost them around 30% of the funds we have gathered and already sent to charity. As Unity clarified, the runtime fee will not apply to charity games. Lizard Factory reached out to the company to clarify if their game would be exempt from this plan, 
However, Unity reportedly said that their partners were not valid charities and were viewed instead as political groups. Profits made from the game go directly to nonprofit organization Planned Parenthood and CES Mott Children's Hospital in Michigan. They said, we did this to raise money for a good cause, not to line the coffers of greedy, of greedy scumbags. We have been in solid Unity fanboys for over 10 years, but the trust is now scattered all over the floor. The developers are not considering moving to an open source game engine, Godot, but we will have to record our entire game because we refuse to give you a dime, they wrote. This is a mafia-style shakedown, nothing more, nothing less. Unity responded to the ongoing backlash and apologized, acknowledging the confusion and angst surrounding the runtime fee policy. The company said they promised to make changes to the policy and will be shared in a couple of days. What do you think of this whole thing, man? Twenty cents so per install. Yeah, so it's like every install, like Jesus, no matter say well, you uninstall the game and then you reinstall, what differentiates between that? You know, like yeah. they have to pay, they have to pay it each time. I think, right? From my understanding, it's like it doesn't. Even though they're they're saying they can monitor it, how do they what really about, monitor it? Listen, but what about pirated games? And that's included. I heard that as well. Yeah. If you pirate a game and it and installs runtime. And you download it and install it. It installs runtime. You see it pop up on your computer. It'll say like runtime yeah. installing. It'll be like runtime plus plus or something like that. Every time that's going to install, you need you're going to be charging somebody. Even if you yeah. pirate a game and say whatever a game is made, we make a game and it runs Unity, and somebody pirates yeah. our game because it's going to be the best game out there. Yeah, they're going to charge us for every time it gets pirated. That is nuts. And they say that the limit is. If a game makes less than a million dollars, they will not charge the fees. Or right, whatever. because they're not gonna. You're not gonna make as I much mean, money, so they're not gonna charge you as often. But they're gonna. If you make a lot of money, Jesus, we're gonna continue to make, charge you more. Yeah, we're gonna charge you more. Yeah. Make more than a million, so, you're fucked. So our good game, we're gonna make, and people are gonna because it's a yeah, good game. Love it. People best are gonna game pirate. Ever made. Best game ever. So people, some people out there are gonna pirate it, like Gunny. Yeah. While he's out there in Fiji doing whatever he's doing, he's about there pirating it, installing it over and over on his crappy yeah. internet he gets out there. Just keeps and uninstalling it. And yeah. <laughs> just going to keep uninstalling and, then, and reinstalling all the whole thing. We're going to get a bill here at HTP for, you know, yeah, Unity's 40, one-time 000, install. $40,000 from Fiji for Gunny's installs. The fuck? Yeah, that's bullshit, yeah. man. Yeah, I think it's dumb. I think Unity just shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I think they, they realize this. I get a press. Over they seem to notice that they really fucked up. I think they're going to uh, adjust to, quite a bit. Yeah, I think really fast. I oh, let me tell you about to. this. Unity founder says we fucked up. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> With the price increase and company prepares to backpedal. It says here, David Hogerson, former Unity CEO and current board member, said the company fucked up. Quote, fucked up. On many levels with this price increase, the company said it was planning to backpedal on the fee by making changes to the policy. Cesio Helgeson stepped down in 2014 and was replaced by current CEO John Ricitello. Helgeson heard this outcry from the developers about ups upset about last week's new Unity runtime fee, which targeted developers with a new fee based on the numbers of downloads after meeting the threshold amount. It didn't go over well and led to a boycott of Unity ads and ads from its iron source division. In fact, the organizers announced today that the boycott has grown to more than 424 different companies 
stop using Unity with more than 20 billion downloads stopped. On Friday, I joined the next Twitter Spaces session on Unity and blah, blah, blah. Says here that uh, in a post on Facebook, Helgeson said, quote, we fucked up on many levels. No other way to put it. A new business model for Unity was announced in a way that was hard to understand, but it also missed a bunch of important corner cases and in central ways ended up as the opposite of what it was supposed to be. Now try again and try harder. I am previously provisionally optimistic about the progress. So sorry about this mess. On his Twitter account, Unity said the following. They said, we have heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst of the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday cost. We are listening and talking to our team members, community, customers, and partners, and we will be making changes to the policy. We will share an update in a couple of days. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. Now, Unity, right? I believe Unity stock is a thing because Unity is a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. And let's look at their stock in this last week, Mayo, five days ago. So it's here. Uh, so September twelfth, last week, their shares were trading at thirty eight dollars. I think they made this announcement that Tuesday. <laughs> okay, okay, Mel. Mm -hmm. The next day, okay, let's go to Wednesday at ten thirty a.m. Their stock fell to thirty five dollars. Then they went back up to thirty seven a couple days later, back to thirty seven, and it dropped a lot again today. Now we're down to 33, man. Oh, yeah, I think these guys are realizing what's happening. This is yeah. going well, down. In, in an era of Budweiser and Target <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, they probably figured that out really quick. was like, oh, shit, we better like, oh, we're sorry, guys. You misunderstood our new policy. I think we didn't word it right. Let us let us re relook at this re and word it better. Cause we we definitely 20, didn't word it correctly. Twenty cent fee. We meant no fee. Yeah, how did that twenty cents get in there? <laughs> Who the hell wrote this? We didn't mean that. That was just like a, a joke. We didn't mean this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We figure this out. You guys misunderstood that a little bit. It's kind of confusing. Let us let's put it oh. in better English. We'll rewrite it and give it back to you. That yeah. it's more clear, so you understand what's going on here. We wrote this in French at first, and someone translated it wrong. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wrong translation. My bad. Yeah, sorry. We paid the intern to translate this, and he must have just used Google Translate. I don't think it translated correctly. <laughs> and other news, Mayo. Dun dun dun! How about some Xbox got... news? We need some Xbox news. Jesus. This is no. This is big Xbox news. A document released as part of the FTC versus Microsoft case mm -hmm. has now confirmed what was long expected. What's the that? El the Elder Scrolls Six is not going to launch for a few years, but it also isn't coming to PlayStation. Why? According to this new chart, which Microsoft produced for the FTC, the next Elder Scrolls game is not expected to launch until at least 2026, something a Microsoft lawyer also mentioned in the court case. And, much like Bethesda's most recent games, Starfield and Redfall, it will be available on both the PC and the Xbox when it launches. In a statement about exclusivity attached to the Elder Scrolls 6, which comes from an interview with Xbox head Phil Spencer in GQ, Spencer said, 
In order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls 6. So, so, says, seems here like Elder Scrolls 6 is, is not coming to PlayStation. To, to PlayStation. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a big hit. For, for yeah, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a big game. Yeah. Yeah. And I always kind of was aligned with like, Okay, but it's a new IP, Redfall, Starfield. I got that. But when a game has been coming out on PlayStation this whole time, for now to suddenly, I mean, that's kind of, eh. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of leaves a bad taste for those people that are stuck with a PlayStation right now and won't be able to get access to this game down the road. Yeah. Um, so here, um, one, some more news. Some more news. Uh, oh, wow. Titanfall 2. As we said earlier, was the number two selling game in the last week in Europe. Has been updated. Out of the blue mail, Respawn came out and said there's an update. Jonathan Hall's ears are pricking up right now. He's like, what? What? Huh? So uh, the patch notes for this Harbinger event concluded with the words incoming transmission subject Nessie and the numbers and like three different number code sequences or whatever. And these numbers are the Unix timestamps for the release dates of Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends. So, people are saying, could this be that Titanfall is teasing a Titanfall 3 game? And it could be so, right? Because that's what they did last time, right? With uh, Wasn't it with Apex Legends that they had like all those codes and those containers, those those shipping containers or something, and they had these I codes? I, I remember this Apex just came out was like, bam, and nobody knew what it was. And they're like, what or is was this? It, or was it Titanfall 2 that had all those weird numbers and shit that people had to go to like websites and, and type in a number? Yeah, and I think scan, it was. Scan some QR codes or some shit. One of those was, I know it was one of those that had all these like secret things to it or whatever. Pretty sure it was Titanfall. But uh, hey, man, I'm all for it, dude. A new Titanfall? Fuck yeah. Stand by for Titanfall, male. Stand by for Titanfall. That's. That's all I want to hear, okay? When I'm when I'm playing a game, dead by for Titanfall. Like even that that alone feels better than getting a kill streak in Call of Duty. You know, in Call of Duty, you get a kill streak, and you call in the Predator missile or like a tank or whatever the fuck you call in. It's, it feels good, right? But that when you're in a match and you hear "Stand by for Titanfall" when you call that fucker in, that shit is epic. It, it feels like it's like a moment. It's a moment, man. Okay. I don't know if you mm-hmm. played much of Titanfall, but that feels so good when you call in the fucking Titan and you know you're about to fuck everybody up. That feels so good. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, what else? What else? Um, hmm. Some more news. Apple has announced the iPhone 15 mail. 15. Yeah. Have you not gotten this yet, Jesus? No. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't have the iPhone 15 yet. Okay, listen. Pre-orders are now live. Okay. Alongside introducing the new and innovative, new and innovative USB-C okay, charging port. Yes, that is such a cool new concept. I've never Not, seen a USB-C. I've two. never seen that before. Or USB-C wow. charger port on a phone yeah. before. It, it's kind of cool. Like, isn't that I wish like Samsung or somebody else, or like uh, Android or I somebody, wish, would have thought about this at some point yeah, in time? I wish these other hobo companies would have thought about this. Maybe now that Apple has done it, everybody else will pick up and start. Using yeah. that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, this USB C is really innovation from Apple. This is Apple showing, you know, they're ahead of everyone here. They're like ahead. 
they're gonna, you know, push the industry forward to adopting this new. Model. I hear it's really cool about USB Type C's. You can put it in either way, Jesus. You can flip it over and put it in, or you like it doesn't wow. matter which way you stick it in. Well, that was the same thing with the other iPhone. You know, before the Lightning connector, you could do the same thing. You can flip it either way. But like, you know, Apple said, you know what? We need to make something that everyone's going to use. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make sure that the people have what they have. Yeah. How many? Every, how many years did it take for them to figure that out? <laughs> and we want to use what 15, everyone wants 15 to tries. use. <laughs> okay. Okay. They, they, you know, they did. They're just. They were waiting for the innovation and the tech to advance enough, now so they yeah. could add. They had to wait for them to catch up to their standards. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Listen. Their new iPad then, has the USB USC. Good job, oh, wow. Android well, th- Gunny. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Android AI Gunny. That that was real nice of you. Anyways, uh, okay, listen, Mel. This is powered by the A17 Mel. A17. Ooh, it sounds like a fighter jet, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. All right, listen. The A17 Pro chip. Pro okay, chip. Okay, the. This includes a six-core GPU. Apple says that the iPhone 15's Pro's processor will have the fastest, the fastest, not the second fastest, the fastest male performance of any smartphone currently on the market. Currently and on will the market. Deli- and will deliver support for hardware accelerated ray tracing mail. Okay. And an effort to show consumers it's all in on gaming, Apple announced at his recent keynote that four, not just one or two or three, not, not three, but, but four AAA games, including Resident Evil Village and Assassin's Creed Mirage, are getting native versions exclusive to the iPhone 15 Pro. These are not watered down ports or cloud gaming versions of the game either, Mayo. These are native versions of big budgeted games running on an iPhone 15 Pro. It says here that this company, IGN, had the opportunity to sit down and interview several members behind the development of an iPhone 15 Pro. Specifically, the interview dives into Apple's gaming ambitions for the iPhone 15 Pro and why the tech giant believes it's going to be the best gaming console. The best gaming console, Jesus. Your your iPhone is going to become the best gaming console out there. And listen, listen. Let's hear up. People said that uh, they confirmed that iPhone 15 models would be able to support a display port for up to 4K HDR output on an external display. Would iPhone 15 Pro owners be able to play Resident Evil 4, for example, on an external monitor? Jeremy Sandmill, Apple's senior director of GPU software, said, As you probably know, there's a display resolution, and then there's the gaming resolution, and then the frame rates, the game rendering. With technologies like Metal FX upscaling, we can sort of separate these two things. The game can run at really high frame rates, get really great quality results, and then upscale whatever resolution the display, whether that's the iPhone display, whether that's an external display. So yes, the iPhone can connect to these 4K displays, and they can drive them externally doing whatever you do on your phone. And you can upscale, including, basically. Including gaming to these other displays. The resolution and frame rate are highly going to depend on what the game's actually doing. <clears throat> says here, um, is there a possibility of the iPhone 15 Pro overheating when it's running more graphic-intensive games 
or more complex games, Death Stranding, which is one of the games, for example, is pretty intensive. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of detail. Was there any focus testing or anything like that to ensure the iPhone 15 Pro wasn't going to overheat? And this is what Keon Drance, Apple's vice president of worldwide iPhone product marketing, said. He said, or they said, quote, certainly. That is part of the benefit of us designing for a specific iPhone model. So at the system level, we're able to work across teams to understand how the performance that we're enabling and how it's going to manifest in the actual gameplay and whether we're going to be able to not only hit those wonderful full frame rates and peak performance and graphics that Jeremy talked about, but also whether we're going to be able to sustain them. I know that we do a lot on the SOC side and we do a lot on the software side to make sure that this is enabled to be a great experience. And Tim Millett, Apple's vice president of platform architecture, said, yeah, I'll jump in. And then Jeremy can back me up if I get something wrong. But Keon's point is developers who want to put an exciting new title on the platform. Again, we give them this great toolbox. They could, in theory, take this amazing GPU and try to burn a hole through the back of the phone, but we won't let that happen. But they could definitely do something that was probably not optimal for the experience. But we give them the tools like Metal FX that allow them to really burst up and maintaining an experience for a lot longer if they want to. And they can dial that in and out depending on the experience that they want to go deliver. But it's all about giving them the tools to build that sustainable experience. And it starts with the super, super mayo, efficient and performant SOC GPU and the associated software that runs with it. So, okay. Okay, so I know they announced a touchscreen support for at least Resident Evil 4 Village, but does Apple recommend that you use a third-party controller, whether it's a DualSense or the Backbone or any controller similar to that, or is there a more is that the more definitive way to play these games but on an iPhone 15 Pro? And KD said, well, we're mostly allowing that to be both. One, user choice, but also developer's choice in terms of what they view as their best gaming experience. Obviously, certain types of gameplay works fine and great with on-screen controllers. Some of them want the option so that you have the gameplay in an external controller. And as you probably saw yourself, we showcased the Backbone controller. It works with the iPhone 15 Pro, and it's a great experience. There are other controllers and Bluetooth controllers as well, but we are not saying, gamers, you have to do this or that. We're not about that at Apple. It's really about having this great ecosystem for iPhone that you can do so many great things on a device if that's what you would want to do. But there are all these other options to amplify the gameplay if that's how you prefer to play. It says here, uh, you probably saw this summer Hideo Kojima announcing that Death Stranding is coming to the Mac and then is now bringing this to the iPhone. And that's a beautiful game, as you've seen. And some developers like Kojima, they really want you to see every pixel on the screen. And the gameplay is designed to run on a controller and they can do that on the Mac and the phone with the same game. Or if they want to really bring a great touch support, we have a bunch of software programming APIs and support for them to do that. So as Kian said, this is really about the game developer creating the right experience for the game player. They have all the tools and the technology and support for them to do that, and we're really excited to see several of them already have, and we're looking forward to more of them using them. So there's that mail. Are you excited, Mayo? Brand new iPhone, super innovative iPhone here, bringing not just one or two or three, but four 
four AAA games to your hands, a super innovative USB-C charging port, okay? Mm-hmm. An A17 Pro chip, Pro chip, six-core GPU, okay? Not three or four-core, six-core GPU, male. Six-core, okay? This is innovation at its peak. I think... I think the human race hasn't gotten any more innovative than this. No, I'm pretty much sure that's their peak right now. I think that's (laughs) we've peaked. This is it. I don't think we can get any more innovative. So, so Jesus, my my question is this: So we're getting the full version of these games, right? Yes. Of Death Stranding, new Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Do do we get the full install size as well? So it's gonna take up like a hundred oh, gig on your phone wow. when you install it. You're right. I don't know about that. That's something that wasn't brought up. I mean the iPhone does have like a terabyte version of it. I know that. They do have right. like I think the standard is let me look let me pre order. Let me pre order one right now. I'll tell you. Yeah. Let's, let's order one. Let's order <laughs> okay, one for let's Gunny. Let's order one for Gunny right now. Alright, so if you want the iPhone fifteen all right, so there's a 128 gig. That's the standard. Ooh, that's probably not going to hold maybe what one game? <laughs> maybe one, yeah. If we go uh, true there, file size here. There's a 256 gig, and then there's a 512 gig. But this is just for the Pro. Where's the fucking... Pro Max, is, right? No, this is just for the 15. Where's the Pro app, bro? Oh, okay. Oh, li- listen, the Pro is made from titanium, man. Oh, let's see that's. That's fucking advanced right there. Okay, listen. The Pro has four versions. The standard is 128. Second is 256. The third one is a 512 gig version of it, which is pretty decent size. There's a one terabyte version of that one as well. One terabyte is a lot of memory. That's, yeah. that's that one. That one costs 1500, just, just under 1500. Uh, the 512 costs 1300. The 256 costs 1100 right under it, and the 128 costs under a thousand, just under a thousand. I mean, if I would get one of these, I'd probably go for the 512, maybe the terabyte. Um, in my experience, buying an iPhone, a new one at least, the uh, the terabyte one and the 512 are easier to get at first mm-hmm. if you're if you're pre-ordering because a lot of people are not pre-ordering those; they're pre-ordering the cheaper ones. Um, but I, I have on my phone, what the fuck do I have on the screen? I don't even know what I have on my phone. I think mine's 500. Mine's 256. And I have 171 gigs available right now on it. So I feel like 256 might be good for me. Actually, let me look on mine real quick. I don't remember. I've never had to worry about it. But but I also use the cloud storage on mine. I know that. Um, but yeah, this, this has uh, all the shit mail. It's all here mail. Mine has mine is two fifty six as well. Yeah, that's what mine is. So if I guess I guess if I would get a new one, I would get two fifty six. So I feel like I'm not using up all of my memory. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a new iPhone. What do you what do you expect? I mean, like you know, I think next year we'll see more. As you'll see a little bit of changes, but not many. I mean, just um, every year you don't see much changes. You know what I mean? You see uh, some changes, but not nearly enough. Yeah, I feel like they're slowing down quite a bit. They're kind of losing their... We're just seeing, like, new materials or a little more storage or, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, this iPhone is made from titanium. Titanium. So really, I mean, probably, what's probably the, I would say the last unique thing that came out was when Samsung had the folding phone, like what I have. Yeah. You know, and that's probably the last big change we've seen in technology like that, like something unique. Yeah, you don't see it often, right? The yeah, iPad I, was pretty big when it I'm came out. I'm kind of surprised that Apple hasn't come out with something like that. Do they, I wonder if they feel like they would be, intim- you know, like imitating like somebody, you know, like Samsung, so they won't. Because I'm sure they'd make a really good version. They're known for their screens and making good screens and stuff. So I wonder well, if they just the don't problem, want to. I think the problem is the, the people who make their screen is Samsung. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Apple could, could design something if they wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, if Samsung can do it, I'm sure Apple could, could look at it and be like, okay, we're going to yeah, do this. Yeah, but uh, I, think, I think, like I said, the manufacturing process Samsung makes all their shit. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at the iPhone, like a lot of their parts come from like LG and Samsung. A lot of their displays, and sometimes they'll go with LG, and sometimes they go with Samsung. And sometimes they don't play really nice with Samsung, and Samsung will like hold technology back for themselves to not give it to Apple. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, like shit like that. Like a folding. The Google Google has it. So the Google Pixel has it now. So I figured almost uh, Apple. I thought I was going to hear something about a folding phone from Apple. Like in my in my mind, I expected that almost when they were, you know, when everybody was expect you know speculating on what the new iPhone would be. Yeah, because you know they had the because you know Samsung had this for a little while now, and they're kind of perfecting it. I guess they're making it way better. Mm-hmm. Like I've had zero problems with mine, and um, you know then Google come out with one on their Pixel. I, I just felt like like Apple would come out with some kind of version or something like that. Not saying you had to have every version like that, but like maybe it's a folding optional author version. But mm. but they didn't. Yeah, the uh, the Pixel Fold that shit's expensive, bro. It's eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, I think that's what my phone was. I think my phone I had the the Fold Four from Samsung, yeah. and I think it was eighteen hundred. But I had like a, a thousand, eleven hundred, or a thousand trade in. It was a thousand trade in on my old phone. And then they gave me a three hundred dollar promotion, so I ended up paying five hundred for it. So I would never probably buy a phone for eighteen hundred dollars, though. You know, that's kind of <laughs> a lot. It's a lot of money for a phone, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I'm glad to see these games coming to the app, but who's really gonna play? But right, I mean, how pretty be considered <laughs> like the best console or something like that? Like, come on, who? I know mobile gaming is getting popular. Yeah, but, but, I mean, but it's not like the best gaming console out there. I'm pretty sure there's way more viable options than an iPhone. You know, it's just yeah. Why would you want to do that? Why would you make that statement? Like, oh yeah, we're better than the PS5. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like no way, dude. And and I just don't even enjoy gaming on my phone. Like it's okay. Like I can Bluetooth the controller to it and and play on it. I just don't. It's too small. It's too you know like. Yeah. No, I agree. It's- too small. It's, it's whatever, too inconvenient, yeah. mainly. You know, like I could yeah. Bluetooth the controller. I'm not gonna take my phone to work and then bring a controller with me to work and and then get my you know a game out and then get a controller out and Bluetooth it to my phone and sit there and try to play a game where I could just play a Switch or nah, a Steam Deck okay. or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I always see like I don't know, but but hey, man, little kids they don't give a fuck what they're playing on, and that's true. Little kids don't fucking care, dude. You hand those little fuckers a. Uh, a motherfucking rock with the game on it. They'd figure out how to play it. Right. it. They would. They would. They would figure that shit out so fast. It's it's kind of nuts. But like they don't give a fuck. They'll they'll play on anything. They don't care that fucking Minecraft is on this shit. Okay, let's play. You know. Yeah. Anyways, 
That's all I have for news, man. Anything else you want to discuss? No, that's that's pretty much. That's all we have. That's oh, all. Yeah. That's it. That's it. AI AI Gunny did a pretty good job today. He uh yeah, a couple cameos know, that... here and there. He did kind of like jump in every once in a while. We got to work on that a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know what's going Thank on. Thank you, guys. Here. Thank you. Thank you, AI Gunny. Yeah. Uh, wow, that that sounds just like him, doesn't it? Like yeah, it does. It does sound good. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Hey, coming straight from Fiji Islands. All right, AI Gunny, shut up, shut up, AI Gunny. God, that's fucking. So it, it, it doesn't know when to quit. Like it, yeah. we're still working the books out. Just, like yeah, it's just, you know, we're just talking. We don't like know, we get yeah. people to get to shut down sometimes, and it, like it doesn't listen, but. Yeah, it's it's, fucking, it's a little buggy, okay? But we're working on it. Uh, yeah, as far the as Patreon me... Patreon money will help us get working better, I think. Yeah, you can't get the fucking Getty machine working better. Anyways, I'm going to be playing some Starfield this week, Mel. Like, I think I'm going to try to give it a shot. I'm also moving this week, so all. I'm going to try to do what I can. But Yeah, you're moving. That's crazy. But I'm going to play some Starfield. That's all I'm going to play. Yeah. I know next Tuesday uh, the big uh, Cyberpunk DLC comes out. Yeah, that looks uh, good. Not too. just not just that, but the uh, even if you don't buy the DLC, the big update is out for the. It's game, like update so. two point right? And it changes yeah. a lot of the game. Also, with that being said, CD Projekt Red has now confirmed that that will be their last major DLC and update for Cyberpunk. Uh, moving forward, they'll have a skeleton crew doing like minor fixes for it. But the bulk of the CD Projekt Red team will be moving on to start active development on The Witcher 4, which I think is planned to release in 2026, they said. So, yeah, they said, hey, look, this is the last big update we're doing for Cyberpunk, which I don't think they did enough. I mean, how many updates? They didn't do that many for it that were no, like DLC, really. right? They didn't do, like, many DLC-based ones, but I guess this is the one, the one and only... This this is it. You, you feel yeah. like they, you feel like they flagged it or like flagged it in a little bit. There's kind of like, all right, we're kind of done with this. Let's just move on. It, yeah, d- we, it didn't move like we thought it would. Yeah, it's we not, fucked it's it not up. It's not a Witcher. It's not a Witcher. No, it's not a Witcher at all. They fucked it up though. That's, I think they fucked it up because they overhyped it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like they're just kind of washing their hands of it. Like, okay, we yeah. we made some DLC. We're done with it now. Let's get it out. Let's get out of here yeah. and move on. We'll come. We'll come back to it maybe in. In another five, six years or something, we'll come back to this shit, you know? We'll let people forget how much hyped up they were for Cyberpunk, and then we'll we'll bring it back. We'll hype them up again. We'll hype them up again, we'll, Mayo. We'll make, we'll make a new one. It'll be Cyberpunk 2078, Jesus. Yeah, and then I'll have 10 years of trailers that will release, and then we'll release it, and hopefully people will be hyped up for it and, and like it. Because literally, Cyberpunk was announced in 2013, Mayo. Mm-hmm legit the leak of it was in 2013 like it wasn't even a leak it was like an official like trailer you can look it up it was it was like a weird trailer with that chick with the sword arms yeah and she had there's some like the people had guns on her actually i just looked this up the other day because uh i was gonna show the trailer of the new one to to my girlfriend here yeah and uh that came up and i'm like here's the really old trailer of cyberpunk and that was it and it's like a still yeah. shots, and it's like and it shows like the people in there, and she has like these uh, blades coming out of her arms and stuff. And yeah, yeah. That was the original teaser trailer thing, and they announced that in E three of E three of twenty thirteen. I think when they were actively, they were showing off The Witcher three 
or whatever. They were saying, oh, Witcher 3 is coming, but we also have another thing for you. Same. Check out check out our next game after The Witcher. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. About the same time Baldur's Gate was starting to be made. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> is that crazy? That's nuts. And then they finally released it in 2020 after seven years. Like, I think their original release date was in 2019 or 2018, and then they delayed it a year. Then they delayed it again another six months, and then delayed it again another six. They delayed that game like four times, dude. And then it finally launched, and it was not what people expected. People were pissed. But, hey, man, maybe they fixed their wrongs with this DLC, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At least, I'll give CD Projekt Red credit. At least they tried. You know, despite what you may say about them overhyping the game or whatever. At least they tried to right their wrongs. Right, they stuck with it. They stuck with it. They patched the fuck out of it. And now they're releasing the one DLC and they're saying, now we're done. I don't know how many DLCs they have planned for the original. I think there was three, they said. I think they originally said they had like a three DLC plan for like kind of like The Witcher. Like one really big one and like two smaller ones. But I think this is just the big one they're releasing. And they said, fuck the other ones. So, oh, well, we'll see what happens next Tuesday. It becomes available to play on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Or actually Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. If you're on the PC, if you're on the console, it becomes available at midnight on Pacific time on Monday night. And then uh, I don't know about the rest of the world. So just do your time that way. I know the PC gets earlier, though. The PC gets it at 4 the consoles get it at midnight. And this update is going live to all the platforms, PS5, Xbox, and PC on the same day. Big news there from Cyberpunk CD Project Red. Anyways, find me on the Starfield in the Starfields. Starfielding mail. I'm going to be Starfielding the Starfields. Okay. I'll be looking for you. I'll, I'll be out yeah. there giving it another shot. I'm going to give it another whirl. I'll be out there looking you know for what? Jesus. Try it, man. Just get in there. Look, maybe you need the big butt mod or something. Maybe that's what you maybe, need. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe I need the big butt mod to get me. To I, get watch. I think you might need the big butt mod. The round butt mod, wasn't it? Oh, is, is that what it's called? I don't know what it is. The round butts. <laughs> no, no more saggy I, butts. I like big butts mod. Okay, you could get that in there. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Maybe that'll help you out. You know, you know, Mass Effect had big butts. And they've always had nice ones. Okay, so I think that's what made that game successful. Yeah, and I like Mass honestly. Effect, so maybe maybe that's what maybe that's what I'm missing in Starfield. I think that's what you're missing, dude. I honestly think like a lot of people are like thinking, you know, space, and you associate space with big brown butts, and like now this game came out, it doesn't have them, and you're like, what's going on here? I don't see the round butts. We're in space. I'm confused and I'm scared. I don't know what's happening anymore. So I think that we need to. Like baby got back. Baby oh, got back. Oh, that, that AI is just you know, wow, that AI got activated. Wow, it's it's doing this thing. Yeah. Wow. Picking up on it's it's like a Google phones and stuff listening to us. <laughs> it's, you know? yeah, it's like it's back like listening in the background is next thing you know, I'm gonna get an wow. ad. I'm gonna get an ad for now. <laughs> for like, you want a better butt? Do, do you need a Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> Go here. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, go go find the mods, okay? Starfield mods is what you Google, and then you find them and you get them, mail. All right. Find me, everything. Jesus walks a lot. All right. Yeah. You're going to find me on Discord and Steam and PlayStation and Xbox as mail as well. And find, find Gunny. 
not the robot gunny, but the real gunny over in Fiji, right? Right? Is that where he's over there? Fiji Islands. Out? Fiji Islands, mate. Over there As hanging out. Keith. On Xbox and Steam, on PlayStation as HDP underscore Gunny. Wow. Uh, okay, thank you, AI Gunny. Hey, go find them over there. Yeah. Find them. What Anyways, did you say, Jesus? Peace out. Brussels Sprouts, we'll catch you on the next edition of the Horrible Gamers Podcast. We'll be playing some more Starfield. We'll be playing some more games coming out. Uh, yeah, listen. Cyberpunk is coming. Okay, get ready for that. Mm-hmm. We got Mario. We got Spider-Man coming. We got Call of Duty coming. We got... We got Life of Pi out now. So not yesterday. Oh, Liza P. Or Liza right? Pi. Liza P or Liza Pi, however you pronounce it. Yeah, Liza that's how... P. You said Life of Pi? Isn't that a movie or something or a book? No, I said lies. Oh. <laughs> I think I did. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. It's a Life of Pi or something like that was a book, wasn't it? Yeah, a movie. For a movie or something. I've never seen the movie cover. I, I've never seen the movie, but I know it's, I know it's a movie. <laughs>